Welcome to episode 56 of The Feminine Critique. I am Emily. With me, as always, is... Christine. Is. Yeah, uh-huh, that's her name. Every once in a while, she forgets what it is, but it's Christine, and that's her. I don't know why we, I thought we were going to introduce the guest first. Well, it, that's confusing, because then it's no, like it's people are hearing there's a guest, and they forget but, what if it's fully guest-hosted. Like I'm so excited. Which is really exciting. So, I don't even want to talk about the movies. I just want to talk about this person. Well, I mean, this person's yeah. exciting, and I wanted this person here because I feel like if there was anybody fit to talk about these movies, it's this person. <laughs> so, Christine, do you want to introduce our special person? Our special person is a dear friend of mine who I haven't spoken to in ages, um, who I call Jason, but also goes by Fozzie. <laughs> Hi! It's so good to be here! I'm like, well, first of all, I love Emily, you know, one of my favorite people, and we hang out regularly, and I love you too, Christine, but also, Christine, you and I are movie twins, and like, yeah. television twins. So often on the show, you say something, and I'm like, I've always thought that! I didn't think anybody else thought that! <laughs> and I tweet you that all the time, to the point where it seems like I'm like, cloying, and like, pretending, but so often you say exactly what I've been thinking, Mm-mm, and I so love that. So often I say, but Jason liked it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Well, this is going to be like when, when Erica's on and Christine and Erica like team up against me, isn't it? Yeah, no, that's, that's we have funny. a. I, I think you two compliment me very well. Mm. Like, oh, oh that yeah. was very diplomatic. Thank yeah. you. Ooh, pull that yeah. one out. <laughs> I, now I worry because now, like for those who don't know, um, Jason lives in Brooklyn, yeah. like near a fancy organic donut shop. He lives off the G train, so. Like, and Christine lives in Austin, so uh-huh. you guys are now going to be cool twins, not only just movie twins, but also, like, cool, like, you're on your organic oh, computers right. right now, drinking your soy-based, gluten-free, uh, Pikachu juice. <laughs> I love Pikachu juice. Yeah, of course you do. You get the little Pikachu do. and you just grind it up really yeah. good. Squeeze it. Get all the juice out. <laughs> yeah. You have to drink it through a crazy straw in order to get the real flavor. <laughs> right. We are kind of hipster together, Christine. Mm-hmm. Do you... <laughs> Do you hit the farmer's market every weekend, Um, too? It's so bloody hot, um, but I try to. um, I am, like, begrudgingly hipstery. I don't mean it. I just like things that... (laughs) You don't have it. No, I'm really... I'm allergic to gluten. I can't eat it. It's not a choice. I'll get sick, Emily. Mm -hmm. It was pointed out by our our good friends, the Newell brothers, uh, from Bloody Good Horror recently, that, you know, I was making fun of them, because this is when we were glamping. Maybe not this year, but the year before that, when you went, Emily... Okay. I was making fun of their hipsteriness because they, they were, were drinking. Like they have beards and stuff. Yeah, and like tattoos, and they're drinking PBR, 
VR and they're doing all these things. And I was like making fun of it. And they're like, will you freaking look at yourself? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I got my big stupid thick glasses. And I think I had blue hair at the time. Oh, yeah. Amazing. When I had and- to change my glasses a few months ago and when I did, like, I really like, and I really didn't like pick hipster glasses. Like, I ended up picking what the girl at the store told me I looked better on me. And then I like wore them like the next day to work. And so I was like, oh, yeah, nice hipster glasses. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. I they were nerd glasses. <laughs> There's a fine line, Emily. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought, like, I don't cross it. I go to the farmer's market, but, like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I put cheese on everything. Doesn't that negate it? <laughs> nope. Oh, you're still it. there. Yeah, That's you're close. there with us. Be one of us. One of us. So we should tell the people, what movies are we talking about today? I'm so Oh, we're excited. talking what about gluten-free movies? movies are we talking about? <laughs> um, we're talking about the the organic making Mr. Right. <laughs> There's the very little organic about that movie. And the free range. Uh-huh. The USDA approved. Yep. Yes, indeed. I think, did this come up, Christine, because of, you put something on Facebook and you're like, hey, what are good robot movies or something? Yeah, that's right. Right? I and I... I don't know if this is as if this is a symptom of that crash. I, I think this was a symptom symptom of that crash. Because <laughs> I remember, and like I, all uh, you guys were like making Mr. Right, and everybody was jumping on this movie yeah, and, they and they're recommending it. I'd never heard of it before. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, it's, it shocks me. It's, it was such a big part of my childhood. And watching it again, we'll get into it. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, that's why I say that, yeah, and that's why I do that. that. It's mm-hmm. those one that's of those things that really funny. I took so much from that movie as a kid, and I can't believe not everybody loved it as much as I did. And what's funny is for me that Cheetahville, which is the same director. Oh, Cheetah! Oh, he, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you said Cheetahville. C-H-I-T-A-V-U-L. You know what? I don't want to gang up so early, but I heard that too. Okay, good. <laughs> you bastards. But I'm no, going to go eat some Cheetos now, okay? They're not organic or free range or and they're stupid stuff, but still. I hate them both. I love you both. See, that's why we balance each other so well. Um, but I love She-Devil, so I think that's a big reason that I loved that movie mm-hmm. as well, which we'll get into. We'll we should get save into. it. So before we do that, uh, we do this crazy, crazy thing that maybe you've heard of, Jason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Where we talk about movies that we've been watching. No other podcast does this. Mm-hmm. No other podcast is actually a podcast that records and talks about two movies. No, we're the first. Trailblazers. First Indeed. Uh, so you as our guest, would you like to go first? Well, certainly. I'll be happy to. Okay. Um, I have kind of a short list. And I have—I don't have a lot to say about some of them, but I'll just throw some out. I rewatched um, *Houses October Built* the other night with my roommate. Have both of you seen it? No. <laughs> what is no. this again? I remember the title, but *The Houses October Built*. It's a found footage horror movie. I know it's been done. Okay. Um, but it's about uh, four people. I think they're four, and they're, they go searching through haunted houses to find the world's most intense haunt. Oof. So, the one where that'll just freak you out and like that, that pushes the limits and doesn't hold back, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I like the movie. I just feel like it's one of those ones where there, there's something missing and I can't put my finger mm. on it. This is why I'm not a film critic because I don't know what I don't <laughs> love about it. So there's something not there, but I don't, I can't put it into words. Mm. But it's still fun and it's enjoyable. And there's some really legitimately terrifying scenes. A lot of clowns, Ooh. a lot of little girls humming. You know, the, okay. all the classics. I like those um, the greatest hits, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it's on Netflix now. So if you get the chance, it's a good, solid horror movie. It's not going to be great, but I think it'll do you, it'll do you good. Okay. Um, I also watched Late Phases recently, and I, I have to put you. 
I have to put a caveat that I fell asleep, and mm. not because of the film per se. It was just I was watching it late. Because you eat too much gluten, and it makes you really sleepy. <laughs> Probably. It makes me logy. Um, but <laughs> after that, I never had the urge to go back, even though I, I was enjoying it, and then I fell asleep for the last 15 minutes, and I don't want to go back and watch the end. I don't really care. It was just kind of... <laughs> So you and I did for Jennifer Eight. Just look it up uh, on Wikipedia. You that was you guys that was talking about that recently, right? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't get through it. I remember watching that in high school. It is interminable. It's it, two hours. Like I got through the first hour, and I'm like, okay, Emma Thurman's wearing a pink pink sequin, sequin dress. So that's kind of exciting. I'll finish it. Oh my god, I have another hour of this movie. No, yeah. no, I'm not doing it. And it was, the, the Wikipedia ending was like, didn't even seem that exciting. No, there was a. I remember specifically an article in Entertainment Weekly um, around that time when I had my subscription to Entertainment Weekly. Oh, around that time, Fridays how, it would come on Fridays. Yep, I was so excited. Oh, yeah. You know, actually, I, I was living in Georgia at the time, and I think mine came on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's so sad. yeah, but um, it was. Uh, there was an article about the length of movies. How movies had gotten like crazy long, mm-hmm. and like. And theaters hated it because they couldn't fit as many showings in, and it was just the trend movies were going, and they kept referencing Jennifer Eight as yep. one of them. That movie had no right being no. two hours and 45 minutes long. Yeah, agreed. It's ridiculous. Nine hours is too long for a boring mystery. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Quick in, quick out. So, um, anyway, back to late phases. Meh, it was okay, okay, but I didn't see anything good about it. It's one of those movies, I think one of the reasons I feel so at home on this podcast is because <laughs> I'm naturally drawn to really strong, independent women. Yeah. Um, and well, just in, in well, media and life. look who your friends are, you know. Look who you're recording <laughs> with. See? And I love everything about really strong women, and there wasn't a really strong woman character in this that looked like there was going to be one, and then she's immediately eaten, and it was just this guy, and he's interesting but it wasn't enough to grab me and bring me back so maybe if somebody likes movies about you know chuck norris or i you know the guy with the mustache see i don't really like a lot of yeah no who's the other one that his wife has always murdered and he's going to get revenge and he looks does he have a mustache no 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 back in the 80s what am i even thinking of (laughs) charles bronson Bronson. oh i was really struggling with that one (laughs) I knew there were listeners just screaming, but like I'm not into that. Every actor with a mustache now being cast in a movie where his wife is murdered, right? I'm I'm just not into that kind of movie, like where a guy is out for revenge and it's very male driven. It just doesn't do much for me. Fair I enough. like really strong women in movies, so that's why Late Phases was kind of mm-hmm. meh. Okay. Um, but speaking of, of strong women, I watched Price Check with Parker Posey. Um, it's I don't know where it came from. I'd never heard of it, but it's Parker Posey and. Um, Oh, gosh. The guy from, um, okay, wait. The guy from Ugly Betty. He was the boss on Ugly Betty, and he was in Resident Evil. And oh, he... uh, yeah, that guy. That Eddie, guy. Eddie, Ed, Ern, Eric something. Er, Ernd and Fergen. That's exactly <laughs> right. Ernd is It's so Eric it's... something. McCormack? No, that's spelling no. great. No, no. <laughs> Eric's. Dolzinator. Nope, nope. That's, you're making things up still. Eric. Um do we really have to get his name? Is it that important? Uh, no, it'll just bug me. <laughs> Keep going. All right. You can IMDb that. I'm but doing it right now. So he just works for a company that I think it's a grocery store, the corporate office of a grocery store. Parker Posey is hired in as the new boss, and she wants to streamline things and change everything. And she's just like a boss from hell. But it's, it, it's, it could be – it's one of those movies. Did you see Our Idiot Brother? I did not. Remember that movie? That movie. I liked that movie, but the problem with that movie was that it didn't know what it 
comedy. It like it was kind of mumblecorey, but it should have been high comedy. Like there's something about Mary. Like they thought that that's the kind of movie they were making, but it was really more mumblecore. And I think that's the same problem with this movie. Like it was doing high comedy things and things that should have been really funny and awkward, but it was done in a mumblecore way, just the way it was shot and the way it was filmed and some of the scenes went on too long. So it didn't really balance and it was really strange to watch. I didn't care for it much actually, but Parker Posey is always fun to watch. So yeah, go to town if you love her. Um, well, next is uh, Eileen Warnos, The Life and Death of a Serial Killer. Yeah, she, speaking of strong women, she is amazing. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> if the, you get the chance, watch this movie. Oh, oh, I'm like, um, it's a documentary. Uh, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, you she's know who the one Eileen that did... At, at first, my for some reason, at first, I'm like, oh, that's the director that made I Shot Andy Warhol. No, no that's the no. woman that killed a bunch of people and Charlie yeah. Theron won an Oscar for playing. Okay, got yeah. it. I love how emphatically you were like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan of her work. Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's, she's gotten. I love her. <laughs> Celebrate her entire catalog. Yes. <laughs> so it's a documentary by this guy who the whole premise of it is that he doesn't think that she is she so she claimed her innocence and says that she was raped um and for a really long time that's how but they she got the death penalty anyway she fought it she was in their scenes in the courtroom where she's like after after she gets the sentence she was like you know f you you're going to hell i hope your kids are raped in hell i was raped and i was abused and then she goes to jail for a really long time she's on death row and she gets to the point or no she's getting life in life in prison gets to the point where she confesses and she says you know what i got unburdened myself I killed all those people. I should get the electric chair. They try to give her the chair. The director doesn't think that she actually was... He does think that she murdered him, but he does think that she was raped too, and he's trying to get to the bottom of the mm-hmm. truth. He thinks that she really just doesn't want to be in prison anymore, and they want she wants them to kill her. So he's trying to get to the bottom of the bottom of the story. So it's a really interesting story about him becoming friends with her and him her sometimes loving him and other times just screaming at him and telling him he's awful and, you know, these mo- crazy mood swings. And he goes and interviews her family and sees where she like lived in the woods and it's a crazy story it's so good if anybody gets a chance and is interested in that kind of thing i've been listening to a new, new podcast called last podcast on the left has anybody ever I've checked heard it out of, but I've, not I've heard of it. i haven't listened to it yeah one of the guys from it, his name is Henry Zabrowski, and there are a couple other um, actors on, or a couple other stars. Sorry, I have a pop up ad. Let me close this. <laughs> it's telling me to buy Febreze. Okay, there we go. Well, you probably should. I probably should. But anyway, one, Henry Zabrowski is going to be on uh, Heroes Reborn, the new hero show. And he's also on Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell. It's, that, it's a show on Adult Swim. So he's fairly well known among some circles, and he's one of the hosts of the show. And they talk all about mysteries and like UFOs and Bigfoot, but also like. Like, they'll tell a story about a, a serial killer. Like, they did a three-part story about Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, one episode was about his early life. The next episode was about his murders. And the third episode was about his trial and subsequent murder. Um, great podcast, and it's gotten me really obsessed with serial killers lately. <laughs> so, like, intensely. So I've been watching a lot of po- um, uh, documentaries and listening yeah. to a lot of podcasts about that. Um, let me – I'll run through these others really quick because I know I'm going on too long. I said I didn't have much to say, but then I had a ton to say. But then you say. started talking about serial killers <laughs> and how can you stop? Exactly. Um, so I watched Trainwreck. I went to the theater and saw oh, that. okay. Me too. Yeah. What did you think, Christine? Um, I liked it, but it was still a Judd Apatow movie. Exactly. Yep. Um, <laughs> Get on. His movies are always 20 to 30 minutes too goddamn yeah. long. Yep. It's like um, a Korean so, filmmaker. There was some really, really funny parts, and the funny parts were worth sitting there for. But when it did kind of have its lull-type moments. Like, I get what you're, you're, you're pumping up the emotion. I get it. But, like, I don't know if I'm here for that. 
Right. And also, I, you know, the farther I get away from it, kind of the less I like it. I'd still give it a passing grade and I'd yeah. see it. But I, I don't like that her character had to change everything about herself. Yep. And the guy's just kind of golden and shiny and every, he's perfect. But the woman has to stop drinking and stop smoking and stop doing drugs and stop sleeping around and stop doing that. And so she has to change everything to be with this guy. And mm-hmm. granted, the things she was doing were self-destructive. But I think it was more of an allegory for just like adapting to the person you want to be with. And I don't like that at all. So I'm yeah, a little torn about it. sounds like the- a very grease ending in the reverse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I wish there had been more about finding a middle ground than like trying to swap it like the girl's a mess in this one more like yeah. a grease okay. two ending if you will yes exactly <laughs> very nice mm-hmm. way to so. pull that together yeah <laughs> um so there's that the next day after i saw train wreck i went and saw magic mike Troop oh. xxl have we seen this yet still haven't so i'm, I'm ashamed is it the, st- is it just like the step up version of magic mike Please no, tell well, me or is it like the step up to to Magic Mike one? Yeah, is it? Because that's no. kind of what I the like. That's what whenever we all saw the trailer, we were, we're like, oh my god, it looks like the movie that Magic Mike was supposed to be. Kind of like Step Up to the Streets is the movie that Step Up should have been. Yes, it's neither. And uh-huh. let me, but let me tell you, the further I get away from this movie, the more I like it yeah. because I keep thinking about it. And really, this movie is all about pleasing women (laughs) which the first movie was in no way shape or form about (laughs) no we've talked about that first movie didn't actually like women very much exactly and i think they did learn that lesson and this movie was all about just women's satisfaction in every facet Hmm. and i i hope that's not demeaning to say women's satisfaction (laughs) lady oh the lady satisfaction Um, (laughs) we like satisfaction it's but it's just about like pleasing them physically and emotionally and like how you can and just uh with words you can comfort someone there's a scene where there's a character who's upset about something and magic mike just wants to listen he wants nothing else than for her just to talk about her problem and and so there's that it's great and there's there's that issue but also another thing i like about this movie is like literally nothing happens it's one of those (laughs) movies where you know like the whole thing is they're going to this like competition in north carolina um they're traveling to this this, like convention a stripping convention so it is a convention it's not even a competition they don't even win anything they just go and dance <laughs> it's, and have it's like fun horror hound. yeah exactly so they do put on a show at the end but there's no contest there's no prize there's no rec center to save nope huh. there's no challenge there's no evil stripper team that they have to oh, beat oh come on why not no. yeah it, it's just, just does about kevin them. nash like maybe the third one Kevin Nash actually has a few good moments in it. You know, it's there's is a funny moment. I'll give one little spoiler. It's not even a spoiler. It's just a funny moment in the in the movie. But uh, Mike is going around and introducing everybody to. You've seen the scene in the commercials with um, the woman who looks like Baby Baby but isn't Baby Baby. Do you know Who's what baby I mean? Baby 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 Baby. A second. You know when she's at the carnival and the guy likes her, Amy Grant. Oh, Amy Grant. Oh, you know, okay. The actress who looks like Amy Grant but isn't Amy Grant. Um, what's her name? And she was in Tarzan, and they dubbed her voice because she has oh, such Andy a horror- McDowell. Who? Big head. Andy McDowell. Andy McDowell. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, uh-huh. I was lost on that one. <laughs> Who I'm now going to refer to as Baby Baby. Yeah. Wow. Oh, all right. He looks like Baby Baby, but she ain't Baby Baby. Um, anyway, you've seen the scene where they're talking to her in the house, and you know she's the southern woman, and they're all her friends are around. I assume you've seen that in the trailer. Um, okay. There's a scene where Mike is going around, and he's introducing everybody to these women, and he gets to Kevin Nash, and he's like, and this is, t- huh, and he like pauses, and he's like, 
I'm Keith. <laughs> They've known each other. Since- <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is funny. Just has always called him Tarzan, and you realize he had no idea I what this guy was. Doesn't actually know his name. Yeah, so like it, he had a couple. He had a couple funny moments. So that was. I actually really enjoy it. And if you enjoy seeing women get pleased, then you'll probably like it. Okay. And the last one on my list, I rewatched Nightcrawler recently. Oh, I still haven't uh, seen it. Oh, it's so good. It's good. It really. I liked it a lot more the second time. Mm. It's disturbing, and Jake Gyllenhaal gives a great performance. And I, but nobody really talked about. Um, oh, see, Renee this Russo? is what I do with Nick. Renee Russo. Um, I thought she was fantastic. In she that. really, really was. Yeah, I remember there was a brief um, discussion about her getting nominated for supporting actress, but it's yeah. not come to pass. And it went away. And I thought yeah. I, I'm really surprised. I'm glad that she's still working. She seems to be. She was, you know, she still had some work done. And God bless her. If she wants to have work done, or if she wants to age naturally, whatever yeah. she wants to do to her face. I think she's getting more comfortable. She seemed to disappear for a while. She and had she, like a little mini renaissance with once Thor came. There was Thor, yeah. and then this, and, I and then they unceremoniously else. killed her off. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah that heard. was disappointing. But I, I feel like right before that, she was kind of hiding, and she's like, oh, I'm old, and I want to be alone. <laughs> you know, I'm not sexy anymore. But I think she's realized, like, oh, no, I'm sexy, and yeah, I can like, still Yeah, and I think. can now, new look, now I'm not just playing the girlfriend. Like, now exactly. I get good parts. Yeah, and that's, I loved seeing her, like, maneuver into this new position in her life, and she was great. So I highly recommend that movie, if for nothing else, than to watch her. Okay. Yeah, and I'm that's all I have on my eventually. list. I just keep forgetting. Okay. Wonderful. All right, Ms. Makeapiece. That's me. What you got? Um, okay, I'll keep it keep it tight. Actually, I didn't watch that much. Um, so I showed up here last Wednesday to record. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I take no responsibility for that. I felt for a bad, and then I'm like, what the fuck? No, I didn't make me. a mistake. But, but last Wednesday, I really didn't have a lot to talk about. Now I have a couple more things. Well, I'm glad. So... I watched a movie on the Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a um, Duplass movie okay. called Creep. Oh, oh I watched I've that too, and I forgot. Great things about yeah. it. Yeah, I liked it. Okay, I like Mark Duplass, the Duplass brothers. I like all that that jazz. I liked it. You should watch it if you think about it, Emily. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Is okay. it one of those watching one sittings, or can I watch it half? And oh, half? I would. Meh. Well, no, you could probably break it up, I guess. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. You can... I know, but I do it my commute usually, so it's like I'm not oh, going to get the full thing, so is it better to watch half of it or, you know, an hour of it and then finish it up eight, nine hours later when I'm leaving the job? <laughs> or is it better to just wait till I have, you know, 90 minutes at once? Maybe all in one sitting. Okay, I, I mean, it might take away. I'll you disagree know? a little. I just don't think it's that great i think it's good but it's not yeah. that great so i don't think you're really missing anything i think you're just gonna watch it to watch it you're not gonna sit there with the covers pulled up your eyes shaking okay. it's just one of those movies that's like uh, i watched that and it happened mm-hmm. okay there's but that's my opinion but you you no, do I, you, you, do you. You, you do whatever you want but i mean yeah. you know no, it's like the same person has split <laughs> and has different opinions now i don't know what to do uh. <laughs> you you make your own decision you in life. You're decision, a strong, independent woman. Technically, you'll be oh, siding yeah. with one of us when you do. Oh, right. Shit. Or I'll just never watch it. Uh, uh, there fair. we go. There we go. King Solomon. I, Got it figured mom, out. My mom loved it. And I know you two have I do tend to agree kids. with your mom when it comes to movies. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, I heard this is part of a uh, deal that, the, that yep. Mark Duplass did with Netflix. He has to do four original films. This is the mm-hmm. first one. And so it went straight to Netflix. And who else did that? Adam Sandler? Isn't- he did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And now he's not going to have a choice because Pixels are <laughs> Right. 
Yeah, so I like that. I, I like that idea of original mm-hmm. I think movies. it's cool. And I mean, considering that's the way it was kind of given to me, I do feel like I was given an actual movie. Like, yeah, I wasn't just mean. delivered this piece of crap that they put on Netflix. It was a great trailer, too. We watched yeah. the trailer a couple weeks ago, and I didn't know it was, I didn't know the story and if it was coming to Netflix. I just saw it on I, I, uh, iTunes. I saw the, you know, going through the trailers, and I saw it, and my roommate and I were like, oh my god, we have to watch this, and we were this close to buying it on iTunes for five ninety nine, <laughs> And I was like, no, we'll wait. And then I noticed it a couple days later on Netflix. Yeah, that's right. It was, so watch it, it for free. Good. It was not good enough to be my Netflix recommend, though. Ooh, um, interesting. I know. Dun, dun, dun. I watched Trainwreck. As you did. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I think we all know how I feel about that. I then watched the movies for the show because I thought it was last Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Antitrust. Oh, that's the Tim Robbins and Ryan Philippi. Ryan Philippi, yeah. I immediately um, regretted it. It's not very good. <laughs> Isn't didn't somebody interesting direct that? Oh boy, I don't know. Okay. Maybe. And I there's so many movies with very similar titles yeah. lately. Yeah, like, trust is like it's like about you know technology and like this guy who's Bill Gates. Is it like the net movie. for you know but twenty years later? It is kind of, but like I would have rather have watched the net. Well, yeah, I know. Look who I'm talking to. Right. <laughs> there was a movie that came out recently with Thor about that was very similar. Oh my god, right? with like a really similar title. It was like Black Hat or something. Yeah. Black Did Hat? I just make that up? I might have maybe. Been. There was the <laughs> Thor one, and then wasn't there also one with Thor's little brother that seemed Yeah. Oh. Liam Hemsworth one. It's terrible. Yeah, but wasn't that also kind of like he's a um, yeah economical criminal to- who then has to help out a corporate something something. Yeah, I'm gonna God, look just it up. saying that line made me fall asleep. Like, but oh, um, Zach says it's paranoia. That movie was so boring. I watched it and I can never remember the name of it. <laughs> Always a good sign. So boring, and Gary Oldman's in it. Oh, what a waste! Yeah, and Harrison Ford. It's so boring. Um. Anyways, boring. But that's not what we're talking about. Antitrust. Yeah, <laughs> Same movie. It sounds like um, right? Antitrust is not as fun as you would hope. So. Okay. There's that. I watched another movie that's available on the Netflix called The Pact 2. Okay, now you really liked The Pact, as I did. Yes, oh. I loved The Pact. Uh, yeah, I started to watch Pact. that until too. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't say that word. <laughs> but now, what did you think of The Pact 2? I didn't like it that much. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I wanted a, a less like anticlimactic way to give you that but um it wasn't bad by any means but the first one had really big it had big shoes to fill the first yeah. one was great yeah, it was really impactful good. and awesome and all that stuff mm-hmm. this one's good impactful. <laughs> um it was good christine didn't think it was funny no. i did think it was funny okay good <laughs> i'm trying to have articulate thoughts oh, so difficult for me well, that's your first mistake i know right? we're thinking with you too <laughs> if if the pack two was just given to me like here's a movie i'd be like okay this was a good movie but because uh-huh. i have all my knowledge of the first movie uh-huh. like it's hard to live up to that okay i hear you i don't know again not my netflix recommend indeed but so I will good. say I just started to watch the Pact, which I forgot to mention. I fell asleep, so I haven't finished it yet. But the, I'm looking up the actress Katie Lotz, the star of it. Um, she was phenomenal. She's I'm great. Sh- yeah, she was I, on Mad Men. She was um, Anna Draper's niece. 
Anna Draper's niece. California. Anna. Oh, right! Yeah. Holy damn, I didn't even recognize her. Yeah, that her. was one yeah. of those, like, the entire movie, I'm like, who the fuck is this actress? I know her. Right. And then I'm like, ah. I'm like, well, at least she wasn't on an episode of Law & Order that I didn't know. Uh, she well, she kind of looks like uh, Romanoff, or yeah, is it because I'm a lesbian. She looks a little like like uh, her, like they could be sisters. Rome. Yeah, I could see that. Or scissors. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Strong, independent women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do. I think I told you that whenever we watch Angel now in the opening credits, because you know how in like season one, Elizabeth Rome is in the credits. Right. So in season, we're at season three now, and she's no longer in the credits. But we'll occasionally just chime in with our Elizabeth Rome voice and be like, "Hey guys, if you need a cop, I'm still around." <laughs> we just do her voice for the entire episode. Am I not in the credits because I'm a lesbian? <laughs> <I'm> a lesbian. <laughs> Am I no longer on the show because I'm a lesbian? <laughs> I hope everybody gets that joke right. We're not. We love lesbians. We're, we no, no we're lesbians. Joke. We're going to talk about Mr. Wrong today. We love lesbians. <laughs> you know, okay, That's good. the straight. We love blonde lesbians. Okay. Anyway. I'm sorry, you, I keep interrupting saying, you, Christine. I apologize. Okay. <laughs> I'm so excited I, to be here. Right? I only have a few more. I'll push through. They're not very interesting. Okay. Um, the Astronaut's Wife is a movie that I watched. I've always just wondered I've if I should watch I've always wanted that. to see it. Yeah. Is it, is, I don't even know, is it a thriller or a drama or... Yeah, I didn't know either. I thought it was like this good movie. And Zach said the same thing. He was like, I've always wanted to watch it. So we decided to watch it. It's so stupid. It's the stupidest stupid movie. It's Rosemary's Baby with Aliens. Oh, no. Spoiler. No, that's fine. <laughs> I'm glad you warned me. But yeah, like, it's probably I, like two hours. It is. It is. It ah. is. It is. It's two hours. Fuck that. Like, okay, so Rosemary's Baby's like a good movie, and I even like the Zoe Saldana one for TV. Yeah. Um, but like, this is like, say Rosemary's Baby was really bad, and, and then you made it about aliens. Oh, it's yeah. Just, but Clea Duvall is in it, and I really oh, like Clea yeah. Duvall. Oh, she didn't even very worth it. Um, so, yeah, if you really want to be bored, you should watch it. <laughs> it would make a good companion piece with Mission to Mars. Ooh, fun. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> Did it make you want to eat M&M's and drink Dr. Pepper? I don't know what it would make you want to do something horrible. Um, kick a baby or something. Well, sometimes they're asking last, for it. Last night I double featured I Know What You Did Last Summer and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Now, oh. where do you stand in those movies? They're terrible. They're, like, bad, right? Like, they're not actually good at all. Emily, you've taught me, and I didn't even realize this until you brought it up. I remember I, one day I mentioned that movie? Oh, and, and you're how, like, like, who the fuck is the killer? Yeah, that? and you said, who's no. the killer? And I was like, okay, we'll see. Well, Ben was out because his daughter, no, wait, Kid, let me start. Yeah, can I interrupt son. you to say that the entire time we were watching these, Zach kept saying, well, wait a second, who's that then? So that's yeah. the dead girl's brother? Well, who's that? Well, I don't know who that guy was then. Who killed her? Exactly. Yeah. I still don't know. There's it's like not the guy they hit with the car. It's the guy they hit with the car's girlfriend's father. Right? It's extremely it's, confusing. It is so it's, complicated for a movie that's not good to begin with, other than the one chase scene with Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah. It's I know. She's so good in that movie. Yeah, oh she boy. Is. Oh boy, howdy. Um and Ryan, uh, how do you say Philippi or Felipe? I say it differently every time. I say Philippi. Ryan, me, me too, I think. Now I don't know. I'm thinking I know, me too. too. I'm trying to think. <laughs> but I like him and I like Sarah Michelle Gellar a lot in that movie. Yeah, they're good and everybody else is bland as shit. They are completely absent from the second one. Yep. 
I know what you think that means, but who knows? Maybe they got out alive. Um, but it, it really, it suffers. The second one suffers. The first one is very Hitchcockian. I never noticed. And mm-hmm. it's, it's goofy because of that. Yeah. And then the second one is very um, much like The Shining. Mm. So if you watch it through that lens, it what makes you that? hate them even more. What is happening <laughs> right now? <laughs> oh, I guess, okay, kind of being stranded. Okay, I'm getting yeah. the connection. They're at the whole, they're at the resort, and it's the last day of the season. And then there's the the, the black, the older black gentleman doing voodoo, who then gets <laughs> impaled with something. It's Brazilian. very the Chinese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like nobody die. Like, doesn't Brandy live? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she uh, lives. Yeah. And like, but they, you think she's dead? Oh, yeah. That, well, they, see, that's the H two O era of of slashers. I was say, like, exactly what they pulled with LL Cool J. Yeah. Oh, thank it's you. Like, oh, wait, we're not really going to kill the person that you can't that you really like on screen, and that like that's why I don't like Halloween H two O. Is that nobody actually dies in that movie? Well, I love that movie. So I think I, we're, I'll, I think we're done here. I'll watch it every <laughs> single time it's on TV. All fourteen minutes of it. It's one of the shortest <laughs> movies you'll ever see. <laughs> Because nobody dies. Yeah. It can't be long. You guys, you know what? I love it. So, well, you know, someone loves you. I just, Aww, it, it, you. That, was, that was the start of my Josh Hartnett fascination. I thought he Josh was Josh Hartnett? Uh, yeah, I do. And I just thought he was the cutest thing. He had those really dark eyes. And like, that was totally my type. Speaking, uh, okay. we'll, we'll go into this a little later, my mm. type. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that was totally my type at a time that wore like big khakis, like UFOs, and like the oversized oh, sweater, yeah. and you and know army, army pants with the yes. like, cargo pockets. Yeah, mm. I, I just thought that. he was the bee's knees. Yeah, he's really cute in that. Yeah. All right, is that everything you got, Christine? Well, that's my list. I've been watching a lot of TV, and I wanted to take this chance to um, ask Jason publicly if he's been watching the Scream TV show and what he thinks about it. Okay. I will, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> the at first episode, I watched the the uh, premiere episode with my roommate a day later, a day after it came on, and I had heard that it got really bad ratings and it was getting mixed reviews. Like, the first episode was like a million people watched, which mm-hmm. like, that sounds like a big number, but as far as no, TV, no. that's not yeah. a lot. And so I was really wary. Uh, we watched the first episode. I fucking fell in love. It was my yeah. instantly my new favorite show. I thought it was genius. Just what you wanted out of a Scream TV series. Like, they did the transition perfectly, ex- what you'd expect from it. Like, the self-awareness of the, the Scream series being a TV series now. So smart. Great cast. And mm. really good mystery. I'm like, this is everything I wanted out of the oh, show. I totally know where oh, this, this is going. Take it's Ryan Murphy. Me. I know where this is going. Um, actually, no. I'm oh. not gonna. I'm not gonna go super negative. I'm okay. still really liking it. We look forward to it every single week. I will say, last week's episode, or I, I don't want to get too specific. There have been. An, there was an episode. Well, I already gave it away. Last week's episode did not have any murder in it. That's correct. I didn't think they could sustain that pace. Yeah, and but I still think they did it pretty well. I'm not loving it as much as I did on the first episode, but I'm still really liking it. I'm trying to get as many people as I can to watch. And when I told Jason, because he was telling me to watch it, I'm like, I've been burned by Ryan Murphy way too many times. I'm going to wait until this boat sails, and then I'll find out if I should go watch the tracks of the boat. So I'm I'm waiting still until the season ends, and you're still happy to tell me about it. I love it. Until you realize boats don't have tracks. Ah, your boats. <laughs> yep, that Brooklyn boat's boats gonna come don't. right off the tracks. 
but my boat track has gluten tracks so there <laughs> she's sitting by the tracks waiting for her ship to come in <laughs> where is ship ship no here <laughs> so christine your love and scream I really do enjoy it, and I've been having a hard time finding other people that Aww. do. And this is one of those things where I was like, but I think Jason might like <laughs> it. So. Maybe Jason. Yeah, I think, I think Jason said he might like it, so I feel justified. You And I love the cast. Like, the main girl, the, the Sydney, I think she's great. She's just what you want. She's, like, smart, but you can see how she fits that mold of somebody yeah. who's, like, pretty and popular, but also kind of used to be a nerd and is straddling the line between both worlds. Mm-hmm. And I think the nerd is adorable and charming. I he's like he's that, so charming. Yep. Yep. I love everything about it. The and was awesome. Yeah, she's hilarious. Oh, and it's so many great old horror movie um, people keep popping up. Like little, oh, like it's, T- it's MTV, so it's not like big names, but it's like the babysitter from Freddy's, Freddy Part 6, Freddy's Revenge, Freddy's Alive. What was it called? Wait, no, or, Part 6, there's no... Lisa or Zane? 7. No, part I'm seven sorry, Part 7. Is, oh, oh my god, from Days Are Alive's Carrie 2? Um, Carrie number two. She, I didn't watch then, but she's blonde and she was the babysitter. Yeah, uh, Tracy. Oh, from Angel episode one. Yes, Tracy Middendorf or something. Maybe. Oh, I yeah. No, I know her. She was on Days. She was Carrie when Carrie and Austin was were first a thing. Oh. Before Candy Clark came back, she was Carrie. So she, yeah, so her, she's in it, and also the teacher on the show, I don't know if you recognized him, Christine, but he is the guy from Final Destination 5. I believe I did know this. Amazing. Or maybe four, or it's the (laughs) Final Destination. The one at the um, NASCAR rally. That's that's four. That's four. Yeah. So it's that guy, and so that just keeps happening. Little people from horror movies keep popping up, and you're like, oh my god, it's that guy from that thing. So that's part of the fun. There's some good references. It's it, it's smart. There's a pretty little liars reference <gasps> on it. I almost passed out when I heard that. If I said this is exactly why I like this show because it's self-aware enough to make that joke. And nice. it's it's not just a passing reference to that the show exists. It knows the show. It like really references characters and events that happened on the show. It's not just saying, "Oh, this is a show that exists on some channel." It's telling the characters' names and one part that you won't you you'll recognize exactly. Okay, what I'm still waiting for you to still feel that way when it's over because I don't want to start investing and then have my hopes dashed no, and crushed. I, like I totally before. understand. It's hard to sustain a good mystery um, because, like, especially you know, with the track record of Ryan Murphy. Exactly. But you know the movie The Killing that came on uh, with, with that Show? annoying redheaded lady? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it, yeah. I started watching that and I was like, oh, I need a good mystery. But then, like, on the second episode, they're like, this, the principal or the, the janitor of the school has been a convicted sex offender and he has this record and he's hiding this and he lied about this. Let's go get him. He's obviously our man. And I'm like, it's the second episode. He's obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's the problem with having a mystery on TV. Yeah. It's hard to sustain that. But if, I you're think- not, if it's not a mystery of the week, a la Murder, She Wrote. Exactly. But this show's doing a good job at sustaining it. And like I said, it was bad numbers. Like a million people tune in for the So they're probably going to have to end it succinctly. Exactly. I think it's probably going to be just one season. They got renewed for a second season, I think. Did they already? But are they going to do a Native American Horror Story thing and just do a different... Like cast, I don't know. I kind of love that idea. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that gives you the freedom, uh, which well, it's supposed to. Except uh, that's my problem with American Horror Story: the idea being, oh, you can anybody can die because they're only here for a season, so it's not like they're killing this character forever. Yep. But then American Horror Story can't even do that because they just keep bringing everybody back from the dead, so nobody actually dies. Yeah, I stopped and, watching ugh, American. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to go on with it because I got so tired of that. But I stopped when they had the witch X Men, and I was like, this is boring yeah, it was, and awful. I hated that season. 
Yeah. I and mean, so, yeah, that season was the worst, right, guys? Did you love it? I kind of liked it. <laughs> really? I, you know, I, I I was really turned off by M- Emma Roberts. <gasps> show. Oh, this is where you two are not the same person. See, I know much. both of you have really strong opinions in very different ways. You're right. But I saw a preview for a movie that she's going to be in. It's like some independent, looks like some little mumblecore movie. And the trailer made me really like her. And I'm wondering if I just, th- that wasn't her wheelhouse. What she'd been doing See, wasn't. See, I think she, she plays such do. a good cunt. Because I think she probably really is a cunt in real life. Think so? Oh, I think so. She's she Robert's nice niece. Like I'm, everything I've like read ever, like I don't read many tabloids, but here and there whenever I see a story, it's kind of like, yeah, she does not seem like a fun person to be a waitress to. But. Oh, well, I, I don't know about her, but I think I think Julia Roberts is really nice. I want to believe that she was America's sweetheart for a reason. <laughs> I'm choosing to believe that. I'm I'm not choosing to say I'm choosing <laughs> not to say anything about that. Okay, we will agree to disagree or not talk about it. Indeed, <laughs> that's kind of the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, um, the the movie, the the trailer that I saw for some little independent movie made me really like her and think that she seemed great in it. So I think I'm going to end up liking her. I think she just hasn't done the role that made me want to watch her more, and I think she'll get there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so how about you, Emily? What do you? Right, so what have I been watching? Um, I had a little bit of a lifetime run, which is never a bad thing. So. It was one of those, like, I was sitting here doing something, and Brandon was getting up, that he changed the channel for me, like, he was, like, he was, like, flipping around to find something for me, and because my husband knows me and loves me, he uh, landed on Fab Five, the Texas cheerleader scandal. Oh, I heard about this. Oh, my this. God, this is so good. So, guys, Ashley Benson, a.k.a. Hannah, a.k.a. the best of the Pretty Little Liars, mm-hmm. plays, like, the mega, mega, mega cheerleading bitch. Uh, at this school where, like, the cheerleaders take over everything, and Channing Tatum's wife is the new cheerleading coach who's, like, trying to clean Wait, up I'm sorry, school. what is this called? Fab Five, the Texas cheerleader scandal. Okay, this, this might be the best thing I've ever it's heard described. It really is the best thing you've ever seen. Wait, is Channing Tatum in this? No, his wife is. Wait, he's married? Yeah, to in the real life from the first Step Up movie. Oh, I didn't to, know that. Yeah, isn't, okay. in, isn't she in the sec, the beginning, or like that wraparound story of the second season of American Horror Story? Yes, she, where she's the one that's having sex with um with the, um, the Maroon musician 5? guy who I yeah. name I don't know. Adam. No, something. Maroon Five is his Maroon name. Five, the yes. voice <laughs> kid. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, uh, she's in that. Yeah, she is. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, oh, it's a movie about cheerleaders being cunts, and it's great. Um, also on Lifetime, like, it was just coming on, actually, no, this is another day. Uh, so I had previously watched a Lifetime movie called A Mother's Nightmare, mm-hmm. and I'm flipping around and I see A Sister's Nightmare. What? And so Kelly Rutherford plays, like, a small-town sheriff whose sister, years ago, played by Species, Natasha Species. Henstridge? Uh-huh. Natasha okay. Species. Um, like, years ago, she killed her husband and tried to kill... Uh, the daughter, which as a spoiler, but it doesn't matter. You you figure it out pretty quickly. Um, but anyway, she comes back and it's like, oh my god, she's crazy. She's gonna kill everybody. Uh, and I watched this because why shouldn't I? And there was a twist, and I called it, and I was so proud of myself for calling it. Um, so recommend, obviously. Okay. Uh, huge recommend, but not my Netflix recommend for two reasons. This next movie, the next movie I'm going to talk about. Anybody who's been on our Facebook page might have guessed it is Super Fast. Oh boy! So Super Fast is the um, basically it's the 
scary movie factory version of Fast and the Furious. Oh, uh, I watched it on Instant Watch at the gym. Um, I, as we know on Facebook, and I know that I've gotten at least two people to agree with me, um, Super Fast is amazing. It is way better than all the Fast and the Furious movies combined. Um, it was really funny. But the problem was I watched it at the gym, and I did the elliptical at the gym for like 45 minutes watching half of this movie, and later on that day, I'm like, ooh, my back feels weird. And then, as Jason knows, I apparently like pulled mm-hmm. a back muscle last week. Oh, no. Um, so I was like limping and in pain and couldn't get a- out of bed very easily, and I, at home, I've been using a cane. Um Oh. Are you okay? I'm okay now. Yeah, it's it's definitely like on the up and up now. Like I, the only problem I have now is stairs feel weird, and getting out of bed, I still have to like roll myself over and then kind of um, like press a button to push myself up. But that's neither here nor there. Um, point being, I wonder if it was super fast's fault. <laughs> like I might I think have been, it might have been. I might have been on the elliptical, which I've done before, but hadn't done in a while. So maybe it just I wasn't used to it. Or maybe I was laughing as I was doing the elliptical because the movie was so funny. <laughs> oh, that come I on. It back. I don't know. But my point is, you should still watch Super Fast. Just don't watch it at the gym. Christine, you didn't like it. No, I, I didn't. I thought it was boring and lame. What? Jason, I, know. I want you to watch Super Fast. Okay, I, but I, really I don't funny. know. This is another place that Christine and I differ. I don't like the. Or I, don't, I don't watch the Fast and the Furious. No, that's where you differ with Erica. Oh, she doesn't like them? Or no? No, Erica really likes The Fast and the Furious. Oh, Christine you don't? Christine is kind of along my lines. We're both kind of like, I don't think it's as special as people want it to be. Yeah, I watch it. Yeah. I've never even watched them. I yeah, just they're don't... not. They're not good. But like, this is really funny. Okay. I mean, I think Not Another Teen Movie is probably top three best comedies ever made. Ever. Obviously. Just it ever. makes every, It makes that's me fair. laugh every single time out loud. I love that movie. So that's my wheelhouse. I might I feel enjoy. like super fast is uh, like, uh, bold statement you're making Ooh. well you miss scary movie four and five are the best things ever <laughs> they're really good they're really good. so is super fast because <laughs> you know because you know what i have never even seen um the movie that not another teen movie is based on what is that she's all uh, that she's all that never yeah. seen it i feel like i know you, it you culturally have, exactly <laughs> every, yeah. i bet i could like i know like every line in it because everybody talks about it and kind of the same way with the fast and the furious movie so i'd probably enjoy this not even having seen this try. i think it's really funny Okay, I'll give it a try. And, like, the other thing, too, I really like, because I don't like gross-out, like, I don't like poop comedy. Yeah, me I I don't know. Poop's funny sometimes, but not when I have to see it on somebody's face. Right. Um, And Superfast doesn't, they don't do poop comedy, they just have, like, a couple of really well-placed farts. Okay. We're like I they just and, and like it, you you almost felt like somebody in the editing room was like you know we, we might put this scene over as if we just when he bends down we have like a fart sound and they're like yeah yeah no let's do that let's do it here no 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 that's too much like there's there's a restraint with the farts and I really respect that. Okay. Um, different turning gears a little bit. Uh, why can I go back a second? You said yeah. you said it's not your recommend for two reasons. What are the two reasons? Oh, um, because we talked about it a lot on the Facebook page already. Oh, so okay, I felt gotcha. like I I know that I already reached a few people. Yeah, um, I think Jeremy or <laughs> she wants to, watch to it, she wants to give the attention to something else. Eric watched okay. it and James watched it, and I I hope they spread the word of super fast and get it out there. But I feel like I, I you know I did my job there. I got a few people, and they will they will send a chain letter to eight people who will then send a chain letter to eight people and so on. So <laughs> you're going to you know. end up tied to two cars in a, in a, Oh garage. no, that movie. <laughs> oh, and, then, and then I'll fart, but only when it's funny. 
Um, what was the second reason? So you've shared it? Oh, and because and, and... I, th- I blame it for, for it might have pulled my back. Gotcha. Because it okay. was so funny that I might have, like, because I've done the elliptical before and I've never pulled my back from doing it. No, it's weird. And I don't know why, but this time it put me in pain for two weeks and it wasn't cool. Fair enough. All right. All right, so I watched um, a movie I'd seen and then the sequel that I had not seen. And Jason, you know of this movie, but I don't know if you've ever seen it. It was The Dead and The Dead 2. Is that the one with a great poster? Yes, it's the one with a great poster. We <laughs> met the filmmakers of this movie at Rock and Chuck a few years ago. Yeah. And they were just giving out free posters and signing them. So uh, this is such a great idea for a film. What it was was these um, young filmmakers who made a zombie movie, which is like a lot of other zombie movies, but the big twist being they filmed it in lo- on location in Africa, in Western Africa. And that's The Dead. And it is it is not a great film. It's a, I would say it's a better than average zombie film. Um, but it's just so cool to see a story that you've seen told a thousand times in a completely d- new place with a completely different culture and different landscape. And, you know, additionally, they got a lot of people who were amputees because of, like, yep. Being in the war, or what, one of the million <laughs> the wars war? in Africa? Um, that sounds awful, but, you know, there's just constant warring going <laughs> no, on, so right. I can't name the, the war that they were in. There's just a lot of, like, civil unrest there. So they got these people who had been injured in yep. um, different wars. So they're amputees, and there's one guy who has no legs, and they, they dress him up as a zombie, and he's crawling along. So it was easy to get that, and that was pretty ap- effective. Yeah, and the main lead, not the white guy lead, but the black guy lead is... Mm-hmm really good yeah and just really um uh, not charismatic like the other word where like you're just really drawn to him. like i mean he's a beautiful man Magnetic. but you also just kind of like watch it like <laughs> i want to see him in more things like i am drawn to him i just want to hear jason give synonyms <laughs> can we do that go I will say, this isn't a synonym, but I will say from the first movie, when I find, you know, I had the poster hanging up on, in my room for a long time, because it was just great. It was the great co- poster. It was Africa, the, the country of Africa. <laughs> the country of war. Sorry. It was the continent of the Africa. The war-torn country of Africa. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, it was the the continent of Africa, but it was shaped like a skull, so it kind of looked like it was a skull That's and Africa cool. combined. Yeah, it was really great. So I had that for a really long time, and I had never seen the movie. Well, I finally got it. I think it was on Netflix or something, and I watched it one day. And it was another issue where there weren't any strong women in the movie. It was just these oh, like yeah, two like guys, and I yeah. yeah, I didn't care. I, I stopped watching that. it halfway through. Um, then we watched the sequel. What they did was basically they did the same idea, but in India. Ah. Um, and so it, what's cool is that you could see that they grew like there. It's a better film. Um, like the narrative's a little tighter, the visuals look much better, like they definitely like learned and then brought that learning to the sequel. Um, and culturally, it's almost a little more, um, blah, I don't know the word I'm looking for, like it feels like they really took on like, okay, now we're making a film in India, so let's bring in how would, what's the difference between somebody in India understanding a zombie plague than somebody in America. So they talk about, like, you know, what would, like, Hinduism and, you know, when you die, you're supposed to come back, but if this is what you're coming back as, like, what does that oh. mean? Blah, blah. Um, has the same problem where the lead is a white guy in India. It's another engineer in India, um, which I think they really didn't have to do. Um, and I'd really like to see if they do it again. I'd like to see them, like, make put a ban on white people. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, but it's still, it's a really interesting follow-up. It's it, The performances are pretty good. Um, there's a little boy who's great, who I wish he was the star of the movie. Uh, and, like, there's some, like, really, like, there's moments that are, like, actually, like, really emotional. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a good follow-up. So I'm, like, excited by these guys, and I want to keep seeing what they do. I watched on Turner Classic Movies. I recorded Cleopatra Jones and the Casino of Gold. Uh, Have either of you seen Cleopatra Jones, the first one? I don't even... I I don't think so. It's it's not Foxy Brown, it's Cleopatra Jones. I get the two confused. I've read about it quite a bit, but I don't think I've ever actually seen it. Is it Pam Greer? No, it's it's not Pam Greer. It's an actress Uh. whose name I don't know, but who's... uh, like, because even, I was saying, I'm like, I always get them confused, and I feel like that makes me racist, but then Brandon pointed out, he's like, well, remember in um, Austin Powers 3, Beyonce's character's name is, like, Foxy Cleopatra, so everybody gets them confused. Um, oh, yeah. It's this actress who's gorgeous. She's, like, six foot two, uh, just a beautiful woman, and Jason, you would love this movie, because she wears like, kick-ass outfits the entire time, and she's Ooh, badass, fun. and she has a sidekick who's, like, I forget where the movie's set, I think, it's not in, um... Her sidekick is Asian, but they're, I forget where they are, but she's like this like small feisty fighter and the villain's a woman. So it's like such a girl power movie. All the men are just afterthoughts, but they're also wearing like purple velour bell bottoms. So it's even better. Um, this was just really fun. And uh, anybody that's like a black exploitation fan, definitely watch it if you haven't. Um, but even like if you dig strong chicks, man, there's there, strong hot chicks in this movie. <laughs> Sounded like you said if you dick strong chicks. No, well, I mean that you do. Them. <laughs> that you absolutely. <laughs> if you dick them or dig them, you <laughs> like Cleopatra Jones in the Casino of Gold. Your vote. I stand I, by that. I am so giggly right now. I'm going through the cast of this movie, and there, one of the actors, one of his photos, his like main photo is him handing a diploma to Usher, <laughs> shaking hands. <laughs> What? I don't know what's happening right now. It's so funny. It's it's hilarious. I've seen this guy before too. Is he like Usher's dad or his principal? Usher's professor? Don't know what's happening. I'm Is sorry. it a college diploma or a high school diploma? I can't tell from the that picture. That makes such a difference to me. It does and it's autographed too? I have to send this picture to both of you right now. It's so weird. <laughs> Okay. It'll be the cover of this episode if I figure out how to actually apply that. Oh, amazing. Okay. Um, do I still have your number? Here, read it out real quick on the air. <laughs> also, your social security card and bank account statement. I almost did, too. <laughs> We're such a trusting society. No, I'm going to just send it to Emily and she can share it with you. Okay. Because I don't think I have your number now. Do you have an Austin number now? I don't. I still have a Rhode Island phone oh, number. That's right, man. Hold on to your roots. That's what I yeah, say. good for you. Keep yeah. it real. Keep it New but England. Did I ever tell you the idea that um, my ex George and I had for like a, a black exploitation film about Gwim Honey? No. You ever talk about this? No. So okay, really quickly, and I know we're talking so much, but I think people like this. Well, I right? mean, they, you know what? If they're like, <laughs> they can press pause and come back to it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I was Here's just saying, maybe we just skip the movies. <laughs> we yeah. can't not. We can't skip Mister Wrong. Oh, Nobody else will talk about it. We must. So, true. so quickly, this goes, um, it, the new Nightmare on Elm Street movie where um, Friday Night Lights mom was has to sign a, a page in the hospital so her awful 
golem of a daughter can be admitted. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Right? So there's a scene where she signs, she scribbles her name, and you see her signature really quick. And we laughed because it looks like her name is Gwim Honey. G W M H O N Y. And we just thought that was the funniest thing. So we came up with this idea for like a black exploitation film about this woman named Gwim Honey. Okay. And she has a she has of course has a beehive and she has yeah. like horn rim glasses and she like dresses all in like honey color, like kind of gold. <laughs> and she refers to herself as a queen. Yes. And she's just badass and kicking ass all the time and it's just Gwim Honey and we were drunk at Horror Hound one night and we made up a theme song that I, I can't remember. Now, seeing Cleopatra Jones, the pictures, is making me want to pick this project up again. I mean, did you like register the, the screenplay with the Writers Guild? No, I need to do I just that right stole now. it from you. Oh, damn it. I need to reach out to Usher's principal so he can be <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm up for that. I'll be an executive producer. Or associate awesome. producer. I forget which one does less work. Yeah, right? That's whichever one. That's one yeah, I want. I'll, I'll write you in for that. I want to be project, please. I want to be best boy, because nobody knows what that is. Yeah. That's a good one. And, and they, he usually has like a good nickname. I like to watch the credit sequences just to see how many nicknames I can spot. Well, I mean, that's me, Fozzie. I would be Jason, oh, quotations, yeah. Fozzie, Nelson. I would and, do one of those things where, like, I have a nickname that's not really a nickname. Like, when it's, like, Emily, quotation mark... M. E, like M in Travia or something <laughs> like the ones that were, it's like Jonathan, John Smith. Like that's what I'm going to go for. I think. Uh, okay. I have a few more. Oh. Um, another movie that I think Jason would really like. Actually, Christine, I think you would like this too. This was on oh, Amazon really? prime. Um, it was called, remember I'm in, I'm like still on my like nineties erotic kick. Uh, Love it. Criminal passion oh. starring Joan Severance. Um, I love Joan Severance. Oh, and she is gorgeous in this movie. And she gets naked. She gets very naked. Um, And the guy from Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay. Sold. Who is also the co-writer, and you see his penis. Like, it's underwater, but... Why didn't we watch this movie for the show? We can watch it the next time. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, This was really fun, because it's like, she's a detective, and she's, like, dark, and, like, can't be satisfied. So she starts having sex with, um, Killer Clowns Space Guy. But it's, like, this whole thing, like, is he killing women? And she narrates it, like, they keep cutting to her, like, driving around, narrating like that. Um, oh. this was really sleazy, and all the men wear these, like, terrible ties. Uh, it was great. I highly recommend it. You'd that both sounds really like amazing. It. Yeah, please watch it. I cannot... She has a unibrow. Does she not? No. She has, like, really, really sharp eyebrows she just, does very defined yeah really defined i i'm looking at her picture now but like i know she doesn't have a unibrow but i can't picture her without a unibrow no she got those like those like really, really i often have that problem with people yeah, yeah. waxed eyebrows and those like scary, like meg foster eyes kind of thing yeah she has a beautiful eyes. she's yeah, a she's beautiful gorgeous. woman yeah she was was she the lady in red am i crazy or no that was um weird science was the lady in red Kelly wasn't LeBrock. she you're right she was um also in no holds bars and and see no evil here here no evil oh yeah 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 I remember that okay yeah I check it out give it a, give it a go um also watched uh, a Netflix instant it was going off of instant another sleazy nineties movie internal affairs mm, nice. with uh, Andy Garcia as a IAB officer and Richard Gere as a crooked cop 
Um, this was fun because this was also my Lori Metcalf double feature of the week. Oh, she jeez. Said uh, no one ever. This movie has like four <laughs> deaths in it, and every one of the deaths are done in slow motion. Um, and I really like slow motion death scenes, so I was a fan of it. I approve. Nice. Uh, movie I thought was like, I could not believe how like terrible this was. 1925's The Wizard of Oz. 1925. Yeah, so there was a, there were a couple of silent film versions of The Wizard of Oz before like my second favorite film of all time. Oh my god. Um, and this was on TCM and I had always wanted to see it. I had it in my queue forever and I'm like, "Oh, I'll record it." And I'm, I start it, and then Brandon sees that um, Oliver Hardy is in it. And he's like, oh, I, I kind of want to watch it. So we're like, all right, let's sit down and watch it. Oh, my God. This movie, it's, it's, it's the definition of the Simpsons, when do we get to the fireworks factory? Oh, like, right. Because they're just on the farm for, like, an hour and, like, doing farm hijinks. And it's not, like, I get that there's a different kind of humor for silent movies, but I've seen silent movies and, and liked them. Like, I, I can appreciate that humor. This was just really bad. And boring and bad. And there's also, like, there's some racist stuff because there's a black character and you're introduced to him eating, sitting in a field eating watermelon. Um, so it's, well. it's just really bad. I don't recommend it. Um, two more. Uh, one was on Netflix Instant. Um, I needed to cleanse my palate with a movie about giant killer mice. So I watched a movie called Rodents. Rodents. Rodents with yep. a Z. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, I know pretty fun. Okay. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, but I've seen the poster. Oh, I'm sure you have. It's like a giant, it's like a rodent in close-up, so he's actually really cute, but they try to make him look scary. Oh. And then there's like, a, it's like a giant, and for a while it's just like close cuts of rodents, but then like at the end, like they do give you a giant rodent, and it's just a dude in a big old rodent suit, so it's kind of adorable. Oh. Um, and the setup is very like Return of the Living Dead <laughs> with rodents. Um... And then the last thing I watched, I'm curious if either of you have ever seen this, uh, the film version of Dragnet with Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks and other people. Yes. Um, I, I am not overly familiar with Dragnet. We had started kind of having it on in the background because uh, it was on Instant Watch for a while. It just went off. Um, but the series, it's really funny to watch the series because it's, you think of it both as a template for Law and Order, but also like, it's so square. Um... And so the movie, I really liked it. I thought it was funny. I laughed. Uh, it was funnier to me because I've seen some Dragnet, but I think it still would be funny if you hadn't. It's one of those movies that um, I don't think about often, but now that you mention it, I'm like, it stayed with me so much. Yeah. I can't hear the word pagan without like spelling it out. <laughs> <laughs> People against yeah. goodness and normalcy. I could see that. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Because some of those 80s comedies don't always age as well as we think they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I laughed quite a bit at this one. So I Good. enjoyed uh, And that's everything I've been watching, other than watching the Mets lose 7-1 to one right now. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, so, with that, why don't we take a very quick break? Or it can be as long as we want to. They won't know. They, they don't know. It could be three days. slap a song on. Nobody knows how long it's exactly. going to take. Play a really long song. Play it all from beginning to I'm end. Gonna, I'm going to. I'm You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start Jennifer 8, press play, and have the audio record. <laughs> so you guys can hear how long the fucking movie really is. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but we're going to come back and talk about making Mr. Right. <laughs> Oh, 
returned from Saturn, right? Or or the country of Africa. You don't know how long it's been. <laughs> you just don't know. Uh, and now we're going to talk about a film that was brought up that we should talk about, Making Mr. Right, 1987. Yeah. 1987. Now, um, I had never seen it, never heard of it. Christine, you were in the same boat, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, Jason, you, however, have kind of grown up with it. Yeah. It was a huge movie when I was a kid. I And, and like I said, watching it again made me realize, like, oh, that's where I got that joke, and that's mm-hmm. why I say that line, and that's why I think this way. And that's why you dress and have that short little, like, red haircut. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I figured. Um, so who wants to give a kind of synopsis of the movie? Anybody? You're so good at this, Christine. Oh, no. I don't know what this movie was about. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a scientist, and he made an android, and he's John Malkovich, and some reason his android is John Malkovich, and then there's this PR woman, and she's got really short red hair, and she wears scarves on it, and she falls in love with the robot. I don't know. The robot kind of falls in love with her first. Well, it's mutual, guys. Yeah. True. Yeah, he starts the obsession. She tries to resist. He likes her, and then she's like, oh, he's so cute, and then... I don't know. I think... Well, then she sees his penis. I was just going to say... That's a big moment. It's a big turning point in their relationship. I really think that's what it is, isn't it? I was going to say that to be shitty, but that's really what happened. I think that's a turning point for her to realize, like, oh, like, there's a little more to him. Because then it also, at that point, (laughs) is sort of when it's like, oh, you have the capability to do certain things. You were built with this sort of capacity... Where you could grow, double entendre intended. So yeah, I mean, I think that was actually a part where because I think even she even says like before that she thought of him sort of as like a child. Um, but then once you see a cock like that, it's hard to think that way anymore. <laughs> right? Is really the moral of the story. Now we have Anne Magnuson. Magnuson, that's Frankie. Uh, who is she? Um, she is my childhood hero. I can see that. I, I forgot how much I was obsessed with her as a kid, and I think a lot of it came from this movie. Um, a big part of it came from the, the sitcom Anything But Love. Do you remember that show? The title's Nothing. familiar, but I don't remember the show. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and that really neurotic, annoying actor from the 90s. He's a comedian He's that's not Paul Reiser. <laughs> What's his name? It was a sitcom that... Um, uh, like it kept getting canceled and then it came back and then it got canceled again and then it moved nights oh, and it was like the then, scrubs of its time yeah they didn't know what to do with it richard lewis is his name oh yeah yeah richard lewis and jamie lee curtis on tv huh. and they were i think they worked in a magazine together and then magnuson okay. was the the produ- the publisher or the uh, editor of the magazine um she kind of the same character just like really in control of her life but mm-hmm. still a little neurotic but she was really good at her job and she had a great car and a great apartment but she was kind of weird I wanted to be her when I was a little kid. I, I thought she that. was the most amazing person I had ever seen. Yeah. I loved her short hair, and I loved her car, and her leopard print seats, and everything was great about that woman. Well, I I really loved her in this. Like, I loved as the actress and the character. Because what was funny was I was watching it, and Brandon kind of would see a little bit of it. And he knew that I watched Mr. Wrong the day before, and I had kind of joked about some of the gender politics of it. And with this, he was kind of like... Oh, so has she given up her job yet to get married and have babies with this guy? I'm like, no, like this. And I don't know how much knowing this was directed by a woman made a difference if I saw that when I was watching it or if that's just there. But I feel like this movie respected her. 
Absolutely. She was in control of her life, yeah. her love, love life, her personal life. She was the one her sister came to when she left her actor of a boyfriend. Yeah, it wasn't she like she her. was the sad single woman at home who couldn't get a guy. Like, No, she had a guy who cheated on her, so she said, fuck you, get a, I'm done with you. Yep. And then she moved on and sort of found something completely different that she wasn't prepared for. Yeah. Christine, you're being very quiet. Yeah. What do you think? Um, it's an okay movie. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, then. We're done. All right. Let's move hey, on to Mr. Strong. Put a fork in me. Yeah. Um, I, it was a good movie. I liked it. I mean, it was funny and dated, and at points I couldn't hear it because there was no sound. Yeah. Did you, oh, yeah. Did you also watch it on YouTube, Jason? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, the YouTube, if you watch it there, parts four and ten um, have no sound. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can put subtitles on, but uh, yes, it takes which a little I bit did. Away. Yeah, no. but um, I think John Malkovich. I will say this: I, I think John Malkovich did a great job. I did not like him when he was the Doctor, and I did like him when he was the Android. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's something, right? Right. And they, it actually, you know, speaking of of that whole thing, they do have quite a few scenes together, and those all looked really good. Yeah, where he's interacting with himself and he's acting against himself. Like it, it, it really did look good, especially for when it was made. Yeah, yeah. it's not hard to do, but when it's done badly, it really oh, stands out. So obvious, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you have to have the timing right. You have to make sure sight lines are correct. Right. And I would never. Like, I wasn't thinking, oh, what tricks are they using as I was watching it? Like, I was just watching it. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like... And because they're so distinct, um, because Android John Malkovich is a very different character than Dr. John Malkovich, mm-hmm. I never... I wasn't, like, constantly thinking of, what is John Malkovich doing differently as this character than he is as that character? I very mm-hmm. quickly forgot that it's the same actor playing two characters, basically. I agree yeah. with that. It's kind of like Orphan Black, where that actress is really, really talented, because even when she's playing... I'm making up names, because I don't remember any of her names. When she's playing Sally, pretending to be Jody, you know that, you know? Right. Like, yes. you see the character, and you're like, oh no, that's Sally dressed as Jody, just from the look of her, the mm. way she's carrying yeah, it's herself. it's true. That's and, a very good show. And yeah. Jason makes a very good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what he was doing. Even when uh, the robot Malkovich was dressed up as the Dr. Malkovich, you could tell just by looking that the, yeah, and yeah. they were in the same scene together, you knew who was who. Yeah, and he's so cute as the robot. I know, so sweet. Like, he's really charming. Like, he's, like, kind of puppy dog. You mean, got the, like, the floppy hair and everything. Um, but it's, like, and granted, I mean, I feel like I've seen John Malkovich in a lot, but a lot later. Um and even of this era, like when I think of John Malkovich in the 80s, I think of um, like Dangerous Liaisons. Mm-hmm. And so this is such a different r- roles, really, than what I'm used to seeing him in. Um, and he's, he's really cute and really charming and, and just fun to watch. Well, he's, got, he's one of those actors who's become a parody of himself. He can't play anything but what people expect him to play now, kind of like yeah. Christopher Walken. You know, like you expect a certain thing from him and that's yep. what you have to get. This was a time when he could be whatever he wanted to yep. be and, and it was a lot more fun. Yeah, and it's it's a funny cast because you have like I'm looking at the cast, I'm like, wow, you have these great people in it. And then I look at like the one bit of IMDb trivia is is funny because it points out that John Malkovich, Glenn Headley, and Laurie Metcalf all came like developed the Steppenwolf Theater together. Yeah, they all came from this like really serious theatrical background, and you have three actors who've gone on to 
successful careers in different areas and different levels. Um, Laurie Metcalf, who is, you know, primarily known as a comedic actress, but who is so fucking good in everything she does. Always reliable. You yeah. get Jim, Laurie Metcalf, you're going to have a great performance. But how weird is it to see her with long hair? Oh my god, with that long freaked me hair. out! Like, how long did it take you to realize that was Laurie Metcalf? Even after hearing her voice and seeing her name in the credits, I was still like, holy fuck! That's Laurie Metcalf with long hair! Yeah, it's a little disconcerting. Yeah. I knew it was her immediately, but it was just such a weird... Because, yep. like, that's Aunt Jackie. She yep. doesn't act like that. Uh, and Glenn he- a younger Glenn Headley is the youngest I've probably seen her. I um, love yeah. her so much. It's absurd. Yeah. She, I love her uh, voice. Yeah. She's so good in this movie. And I just realized there's a woman that I work with that reminds her me of her so much. Mm. That's why I took an immediate liking to this woman at work. Because oh. I like her. She's got <laughs> sass. And then as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, I don't oh, even I, know. I, just, I like her. I, I like, like her. This. I just like Lynn Headley. I like this broad. Yeah. So funny. So good in this movie. Now, watching this, were you like, were you also thinking what I was thinking? Were you started wondering, why has nobody ever cast Lynn Headley as Tori Spelling's mother? Oh God, you're right. Yeah, she looks yeah. young. Glenn Headley looks so much like Tori Spelling. Oh yeah, they both That's... have like the really big, eye, like big bug eyes and the blonde hair. Like, yeah, creepy. I... So, okay, I've established that I like strong, independent women, and I'm a supporter of women. Oh, I hate them. And I love women, and I think they are fantastic. And I'm a feminist at heart. Tori Spelling is hideous, is she not? <laughs> like, like, as a person, or, like, just physically? physically? Just physically. I cannot look Certainly. at her face. I'm so, she looks like a, like a puppy dog, like a Sharpay, <laughs> and it really bothers me that people think she'd always talk about how sexy she oh, is. I don't, she, I don't know anybody that's ever said she was sexy. Bill Bratt did. I was friends with Bill Bratt when we both worked at Applebee's, and he had an obsession with Tori Spelling. Was it the and, virgin thing? Maybe, maybe that's thing. what was doing it for people. Because even I think- on nine hundred two and I remember like, and Grant, like in a way, nine hundred two and was like supposed to be like you know the big show for everybody. They'd had the candy for girls, um, but you had Kelly Taylor. Everybody loved like Kelly Taylor was a specific type. It was the you know the blonde California girl. You had Brenda for those who like brunettes, right? And that was really like I I didn't know anybody that was like no Don is my favorite. Well, my uncle was really into uh, Andrea, 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 Andrea Zuckerman. Andrea, that was his favorite. He thought she was super high. Like, I'm, so, wow, that's weird. I could even understand that, like compact, like kind of muscular, oh, yeah, like, like, and the kind of like, oh no, I like the smart girls. Yeah, yeah but I don't understand. I understand why. people liking Cindy Walsh because she was a milf, right? Get that. But, I just think Tori Spelling is the worst. I can't look at her face. I can't look at her body. I think everything about her is awful. I've liked her in exactly one movie, and that's... Uh, uh, way of Sip with Danger or Death of a Cheerleader? Trick. Oh. Where her bad acting actually worked for oh, her in that okay. movie. That's the only thing I've ever enjoyed her in. I just think she's horrible, and I'm sorry to get off on this oh, tangent. Oh, no, I think she's I, oh, her, a horrible actor. Um, I mean, I don't find her sexy, but I've also, I've never known a heterosexual male who has, so we don't okay. hang out in the same Applebee's circles, it would seem. Right. <laughs> there was a, um, she and Ginny Garth were doing a series recently, right? Like, they were coming together and they did a short-lived. thing, yeah. Yeah, and there was a review, I think, in, like, the New Yorker or something. I don't remember where it was from. I'm saying the New Yorker, so I'll sound smart, but it was probably, uh, like, Us Magazine. But the last line of the article, it was just ripped the show apart. It ripped, because you it, it, it looked like Ginny Garth 
didn't want to be there. And Tori Spelling was like, I'm going to be famous again. And she's really trying. Yeah, and she's trying a lot. She has a show on like one of the craft channels where it's like yes. literally just people gluing things together in her judging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, here is a box of sequins and buttons. Right. Make a toy chest look pretty. Okay. <laughs> Funny. And so this sitcom, it's all about her. She's trying her ass off, and Ginny Garth is just along for the ride. And the last line of the article said, you know, just rip the show, but the last line said, we won't even mention the cold, dead look in Ginny Garth's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just pa- painful. But I'm glad I got that off my chest. I That's cannot important. stand Tori Spelling. That's very important. Yeah. <laughs> She's no Glenn Headley, I'll tell you that much. Absolutely not. Um, we have some pretty great bridesmaids gowns. Oh, my God. And the one part where Steve uh, and Magnuson's boyfriend, who's going to be a congressman. Oh, oh Hart. Oh, oh no, not, not, uh, not Harbacher, the other guy. Yeah. He's dancing with her, and he's like, you're driving me crazy in that dress. <laughs> <laughs> and the dress, like, if you've seen Steel Magnolias, you know, like, the bridesmaids' dresses are, like, big and ridiculous. This is, like, the dress from Steel Magnolias ate a cupcake laced with LSD. <laughs> And then exploded. Like, that's what these bridesmaids' dresses are, and they're fantastic. It is inconceivable. You don't even know where it begins, where it ends. It's just a lot of, like, ruffles and marabou. It's crazy. Uh, Two um, uh, common thread this week for the other movie we'll talk about is that both movies have their main character is a short-haired female whose younger sister is getting married before her. Oh, that's true. Being a big thing. Interesting. Yeah. It, some great, um, you know, I couldn't tell the Steve character who is, what, is he going, trying to be a congressman or mayor? I couldn't congressman, tell. Congressman, senator, like one of those elected positions that okay. I don't really know what they do. He was, this was 87, so I'm actually not sure about the timing, but didn't it seem he was very Dan Quayleian? Like, yeah. like they were trying to go with Dan Quayle, somebody young and attractive, and that's the only reason they're putting him out there, and he's actually, you know, he's having a hard time growing a mustache at first, because <laughs> he's still so young. I, I think they were making, mocking Dan Quayle, but I couldn't tell for sure. Well, because Dan Quayle would have been president, vice president, oh God. <laughs> when was he oh, president? No. Uh, he was 88 right? It was 88 to 92, Right? Yeah. So maybe he was running in 87 and maybe that started in 86. I was really trying to figure this out in my head because I know now we start campaigning like 12 years in advance. Right. You know, the campaign cycle lasts for fucking ever. Well, I mean, back day. then they didn't have the internet, so didn't they start earlier so word would spread more? They, maybe. I You're mean, probably right. How else did people know names? And I'm thinking he was probably something before he was vice president. I should know this. So I'm thinking he was probably in the media. I, I'm assuming this is a Dan Quayle archetype that we're going for. I like the idea. We'll go with it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, the other... The, I don't remember his name, but the guy who was on the New Jersey soap opera... Hart, uh, Hart Bach, oh, Bachner so from Die Hard. funny. Oh, he's so good. That was my favorite part of this movie. He's one of those actors, Christine, that's like our Hall of Fame, because he's been in so many movies we've yeah. covered. He was in Terror Train. That's the one thing I remember oh, him I from. he was in Terror Train. Yeah. Now we need to cover Terror Train. You do. I'll be back for that we'll, one. We'll double it up with the Pretty Little Liars episode. Oh my god, yes, right. I love that. <laughs> Um, he's. I love the idea of a soap opera based in New Jersey. Like, oh, actually, really I guess it's not that crazy because the we real housewives exist now. Well, especially in the eighties, where the soap operas like they would do that, where they take like Santa Barbara, and it's like, right? You know, it's just using this location to be like the sexy location. And so, we're doing New Jersey is so great. <laughs> And again, well, it's eighties soap operas. I know I mean, you were a Days of Our Lives fan at that time, right, Jason? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. Um, and so it's the height of 
them being what they were and being ridiculous. And so I love that they use that as a subplot, even though it's like, you don't need it in there. It kind of, if one could find fault with the film for having more characters than it needs in a way, but it's fine because they're all entertaining, I think. Yeah. You know? And I'm seeing the she-devil parallels, too, now with the sexy gardener. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Martinez. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. I know. <laughs> that worked for me. Speaking of Santa Barbara, weird connection. Right? It's all coming full circle right Man, now, guys. I'll just this stop is... and watch she-devil again. Break. I know. So <laughs> um also, do you remember, since it is the, speaking of the 80s, it's the 80s, do you remember in the, in the 80s Wait, where you think, every... you think this movie was made in the 80s? I wasn't so sure myself. It's pretty 80s if you look at the hair, there, but I also... Mean, there was a, Glenn Headley had a mini bar caboodle. Yeah. Oh, boy, that was awesome. That was pretty... I knew Angela out there had to appreciate that if she hasn't seen this. She opens up a caboodle, and it's a mini bar. It's amazing. Oh, that's my hero. That's like the blob, the guy in the blob who opens his trunk, and it's like full stock bar. Whole like alcohol factory plus like the um like the date rape drugs like mixed in there. Yeah, totally. And that was the sexy guy from another world. Speaking of soap operas, (laughs) you're a dick. I am. I'm killing it right now, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But do you remember in the '80s where every place was Miami? No matter where you were, (laughs) it was all neon and pink. They must have had, like, huge tax breaks. Like, it had to have been the Toronto or Louisiana of, of now. Yeah, you're. This movie actually reminded me. You, you're a big fan of the film Lisa. We've talked about that. We just talked about that last week because we were talking about Poltergeist Three and Gary Sherman. I remember you brought that up. And remember, that was actually set in L.A., but it still looked like Miami. Everything was pink and neon and flamingos everywhere. People were wearing skirts and, like, no jackets the entire time, no matter what. Yeah. It's not like Pretty Little Liars, where they're always wearing, like, fall clothing, even when they're <laughs> yes. back in college. Yeah, or high Miami, school. Miami was huge in the 80s, like, late 80s. Maybe it was I all think- the Michael Mann influence in Miami Vice. Probably. It re- I really do think it was. They just made it look so sexy and exciting mm. on that show. Every place wanted to be Miami. Because it really, like, is that where NASA is, like, in real life? Like, it seems odd that that's where this scientific development for a space mission would be. I, You know, I should know this. Maybe do you know there. this, Christine? Know. Step up. Where from. NASA is? Yeah. yeah. You should know this. Uh, well, it's in, so, something's in Houston. Yeah, but oh. no, in Florida, where do they do the launches from Florida? Cape Canaveral? That's it. Sure. Yes, there you go. Or Is Pebble Beach. Miami? If, yeah, Pebble Beach. Yeah, if you watch Dry Dream of Genie, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> or no, that's Cocoa Beach. Whatever. <laughs> I think that might have been made up. But yeah, Florida, you're right. There is a big NASA influence there. I completely glossed over that. Maybe? I forgot that when sure. I watched this movie. Um, the, let, we, we can't talk about this movie without talking about the horrifying end. Can we okay. spoil this? Um, I think we can, because I feel like the end is really um, important in this movie. Because it's it's a very surprising ending. And it's where, like, when you guys are talking about Trainwreck, which I haven't seen yet, but I kind of had heard that also, that mm-hmm. it takes this, like, this character that you really don't see, and then it kind of ultimately turns her into the same movie you've seen time and time again. Mm-hmm. I was, I figured that's what they were doing with this movie. Now, people, we're going to spoil from here on out, so if you haven't seen it, um, start it on YouTube. When you get to, like, part nine, you can stop it and then listen to the, ep- or no. Watch the whole thing, 
listen to us, stop us at part nine, and then watch the rest of the movie. And then come back to us, because we're going to talk about the ending now. Let's yeah, go. but you've had like 27 years. Settle That's down. a good point. <laughs> there have yeah. been a lot of soap operas that have been canceled since this movie came out. Yeah, you know? so we can, I, feel, I don't feel any uh, pain about uh, spoiling this. Okay. People need to know. Yeah. Um, they need to know. The, the world has a right to know. So to me, with this movie, like, I'm watching it, and I'm like, the whole time I'm waiting for it, I'm like, well, obviously, she's, the doctor, John Malkovich, is going to, like, come around, and right. him and uh, yeah, Frankie right. are going to, like, they're going to be in love, and that's going to be it. Right. And I'm watching it, I'm like, they can't, like, man, that's going to be a hard sell, because that's not... They have no chemistry. Yeah, and they haven't built that up at all. And they There's haven't built no it up. And it's kind of amazing when you think about it that she has no romantic chemistry with Dr. John Malkovich, but so much with Andrew John Malkovich. Like, yeah. It's, I think that's another really interesting case of seeing something in actors and performance that's really interesting. Um, and I'm just waiting for it to end that way, because how can it not? It's 1987. This is a somewhat mainstream comedy. Of course she's going to end up with the doctor and so on. But of course, no. Of course, because why would she end up with an android? Exactly. That's preposterous. But she motherfucking does. And I loved that. So there's that aspect to it, which is surprising. The most shocking thing is that John Malkovich kills himself in a horrifying, terrifying, painful way to let this woman be with his robot. I disagree with that interpretation. Now, granted, I didn't have this. There was no sound. Um, my understanding, <laughs> you don't know, because earlier they show him at the wedding eating like a toothpaste protein thing. Yeah, and then somebody's like, "What's that?" He's like, "Oh, it's this protein um, uh, food that I've developed that has all the nutrients you need, basically, in life." And I thought, then I by the end of the movie, I'm like, "Oh, so he's going up there with this stuff? Like, he's okay. He's gonna live in space." Because he doesn't, because he has this protein solution where he's, he can eat and be happy, but more importantly, he doesn't need people. He really is happier alone, and the movie's like, that's okay. Really? That was my interpretation. That I was think my interpretation, dead. too. Oh, I saw him going and starving to death and just <laughs> lasting about three weeks before he dies of hydrate, dehydration. He has the protein toothpaste. It's because, keep him good. But there's, is there water? I, maybe that's in the um, protein toothpaste. I didn't maybe. even give it that much thought. I didn't think that he was sacrificing himself. I oh, thought he I... was going to live his dream. That, cause, oh, uh, yeah, because earlier he kind of says, he's like, I, you know, I can't go to space, so this is my way of being able to do it. But then I think within from there to, again, that toothpaste scene, I think is really important because I think it's him kind of establishing well, it seems like, really superfluous. If it's yeah. not important, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you could say like, oh, it's just a weird tick of this character that he would go to a wedding and not eat the food. He would eat his own, like, weird, tasteless thing. But I think it's actually very deliberate that when he, that it's establishing like he can survive there because the reason they don't send a human... I think they keep saying it's not because people can't sur- a person can't survive, it's that a person can't survive alone. That man isn't mm-hmm. built to be alone, but he is. And the movie like doesn't judge him for that, which I really like. Interesting. I completely interpreted it differently. Oh. I thought that he was sacrificing himself. Like, oh, they deserve to be together. I'll pretend to be this robot and I'll get shot into space. <laughs> I'll just go starve to death. Yep. Or maybe uh, I'll shoot myself out of the thing. 
Well, and there was nothing, no other, there's nothing set on that, on that, I mean, you need a little bit more than, like, food and water to survive. Like, the robot doesn't sleep, he stands up, so there's really no bed, there's nowhere for him to sleep there. They, the robot like doesn't. one of those scientist types who probably, like, is probably such a pain to hang out with. Like, imagine going to dinner with him and being like, oh, I, I think the, um, you know, the, the coconut shrimp is really good here. And you know he'd be like, coconut shrimp is just a hybrid of blah, 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 blah. And he wouldn't enjoy it. He would eat it because he would, like, have to eat. And then, like, there'd be music playing, and you'd be like, oh, isn't that, that violinist is great. And he'd say, actually, the violinist is one quarter note out of tune. Yeah, no, yeah. he's not fun to be around. No, he's not. So you How- want him to die, Emily? No, I want him to be alone <laughs> and away from anybody. Wait, I'm like, confused. He's miserable. <laughs> And also, there's no... They didn't take into consideration... They thought a robot was going to be on that spaceship, so there's no bathroom. Mm-hmm. There's, he's going to be swimming in feces in, like, a month. <laughs> Again, he probably designed that toothpaste solution so that he can, like, eat his feces. Like, it's probably pure nutrients where, like, whatever he shits out just goes right back in it. <laughs> well, you're right. It is a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this is a different kind of man than you or I. Oh, maybe I just don't understand those type of people. That's no, nobody does. They're freaks. I mean, it's lovely if that's you, but yeah, judgmental. I'm totally judgmental. Our listeners, no, I don't know. Like, do you? Like, I feel like I knows. I've known people like that over the years of just, that are just so socially inept that they're like upsetting. and they're happier that way. Like, they don't yeah. enjoy uh, the company of others and. They do, and I mean, it's one thing to be like an, an introverted person who, yeah. you know, is maybe happier alone or can entertain themselves alone. Like that's that's not the same thing as somebody who just really blatantly does not understand other people, has never connected to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about asexuality, but I know that's like one of those kind of similar uh, points that gets discussed of like. Like asexual people who just like feel like well people don't understand but I really I don't need sex I don't need that relationship it doesn't it doesn't satisfy me I'm not hurting not having it I like not having it I don't want it I feel like that was kind of him too like it's just this this is him and he is happy in himself and really is never going to be content with another person there's nobody out there that understands him even when he built an android the android is so different from him and doesn't understand him in a way that, no, he is going to be happier, like, just talking to nobody for seven years and just doing work and being in space. Hmm. Okay, I've grown up thinking that he died, himself. that he sacrificed yeah. himself, and maybe I just didn't watch closely enough to pick that up, but let's open it up to the listeners. I want to see what everybody else thinks, because yeah. I remember when you brought this up first, Christine, on your page, a couple people agreed with me. We were, they were talking about the the ending, where he sacrifices himself and he dies in outer space, and that's I think a lot of people think that, but let's mm. open it up. I want to put it on the website and see what yeah. people think okay, on definitely. the Facebook page. Yeah. But beyond that, so Anne Magnuson... And Robot Malkovich are going to be happily ever after. Yeah, aww. Which is adorable, I think. That's what you should focus on. Yeah, it's, it's it like is. if Buffy and Angel really were able to live together forever. Yeah. Right? Because she'll keep getting older, it. but he won't. Exactly, there's that. And also, she can never have children if that's something that's in the cards for her. Is, isn't there a line at one point where he kind of, where like he asks if he can, and like and Dr. Don Malkovich is like, I don't really know, actually. You think he would know that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Oh no, I had some toothpaste. Maybe he's more of a <laughs> magical robot. Poop. Robot, robot. 
just look at, I don't really understand his robotness because he is a robot, but he's an android, and I've never really understood the difference. Like, isn't an android just a robot that's, like, more human, but yeah, it's still I, an android? Isn't an android, like, a humanoid robot? But how does it, how is it human? Like, maybe it has, like, human skin or something? No, that's a cyborg oh, that you're thinking gosh. of. Cyborgs are a combination, like, Darth Vader or Terminator that are, yeah. okay. up, like, so human So he's just Darth- a really human robot. Yeah, I think an android is just a human-looking robot. He's a robot, robot wearing that, a human face that you can pull yeah. off if you want to. Yeah. If you want, if that's what you're into. I think, exactly. That gets you off. Oh, so she's going to be so happy because he can just, like, if ever she's like, I don't know, I'm kind of bored with you as a man. I'm, he can just be like, okay, I'm going to take my face off, and now I'm kind of bored with you as a man. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, I feel like she she gets... And, I mean, she's a keeper. Like, I think she's awesome. I think she's um, portrayed as somebody that, like, yeah, I could see a robot falling in love with her. But I think, more importantly, um, she's getting a really good deal out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He's super, he's smart. He's strong. Right. He listen, yeah. She can he turn He listens. Off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good for That's, her. Yeah, good for her. Happy ending. You know, when I was looking up, this movie made me remember how much I used to seriously love Anne Magnuson. I was obsessed with her for years. Like, was wanted she, to be she her. Was a uh, musician, too? Yeah. And she looks almost exactly the same. She looks fantastic, has aged beautifully. And she was in some of the, like, my favorite things. She was on American Dad. Just one episode, but she did a voice on American Dad, which I love that show. She was in this movie called Checking Out with... Um, uh oh dumb and dumber the other dumb and dumber <laughs> jeff jeff Brugge. Brugge. jeff wow. daniels jeff daniels thank you jeff <laughs> i love him <laughs> yes jeff daniels and it's this weird little movie where he's having a cookout with his friends and they're like all talking and laughing and his best friend is there at the beginning of the movie have either of you seen it checking out no, no. i bet you saw the cover box at like an, a blockbuster or something it's him naked in a grocery store with like pushing a cart and he's acting really weird if you okay. saw it you might remember it because it stands out to me but he his best friend is there and his best friend is telling joke he's like what they're all laughing and telling jokes and his best friend says why don't italians barbecue and they're like why and his friend starts to respond but then he has a heart attack and he dies and jeff daniels becomes obsessed with finding the punchline to this joke because his best friend died and he becomes obsessed with his own mortality so it's kind of a comedy about like death and mortality and i'll tell you i'll go ahead and you're gonna tell me the punchline right obviously is that something to do with body hair no, oh. because the spaghetti falls through the ground. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's the entire premise of that movie, finding you the punchline You would love super joke. fast. See, I'm very easily entertained. Exactly. I think I would. And also, she was on... This is like my lifelong... You know, I have had a, have a very storied career in podcasting. I've had a couple Dude. of my own shows. I've been on other people's shows. I've appeared on various like high-end shows and some low-rent shows that aren't around anymore. You know, but one cast and... Right? <laughs> but one consistent theme that I have tried to maintain through this, and I don't talk about it a lot, is bringing up this random television show. Does, this, does anybody know what I'm going to say? Going places? Like, no. No. Christine, does, no. have you picked up on this through my career? I don't think so. Stand by your man? 
No, I try to Perfect. mention, I purposely try to mention Caroline in the City as much yes, as you would possible. Oh, yes, I you know do. That. I, should have, I should have caught on to that. Yeah. I've, I've slipped it in on almost every show mm-hmm. that I've ever done, and I'm kind of revealing now that it's legitimate. It's this is a trademark, yeah. Yeah, and so Anne Magnuson was on Caroline in the City for one episode well, as then. well. Now it all makes sense. Yep, that was the entire point of this. I will I, say that... Um, I get the whole, like, scene of her in the very early, like, they have her driving to work, and she's, like, all scattered, like, she has to get to work on time, but, um, you know, she's, like, getting dressed in the car, she's putting her makeup in the car, and she's motherfucking shaving her armpits <laughs> without shaving cream in the car. That's where I draw the line. But, no, she has, it's an electric razor. Can't you use an electric without shaving cream? On your I, armpits? Uh, you're gonna get stubble, you're gonna get pink marks. Oh, really? Oh, no, I, I wouldn't. Would you, Christine? Probably not. I wouldn't do it in a car. I think that's the first thing. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. (laughs) That just always drives me crazy in movies. Like, I'm always annoyed by like movies that don't understand body hair. I guess because in like Showgirls, when Gina Gershon shaving her legs with like a a disposable pink razor, it's like no, you are a world famous stripper. You're waxing your legs, if anything. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that uh, I can agree with this. I just got very angry when you said that because I know exactly what you're thinking. Talking about that scene, and you're like, no, she is not like taking her barbasol and And creaming up her legs. Yeah, hate it. Yeah, drives me crazy. Thank yeah, you. I used a, an electric razor once. It was my grandfather's I, when I was at his house. I tried to use it on my face, and I was like 14. I was just starting to get facial hair. It tore me up so bad, yeah. and I broke out, and my face just looked wrecked for it like a week. It means your armpits are going to get all stubbly and pink yeah. and awful, and she's in Miami, so she's wearing sleeveless stuff all the time. Like, no, she's not doing it in the car. Uh, okay. But right. anyway. So fuck this movie. So, I mean, female <laughs> yeah, director, my Invalid. Foot. Yeah. Um... But yeah, and I've never seen Desperately Seeking Susan, which was Sue Seidelman's, like, big film. Um, and I guess I should see it at some point, just to complete the uh, trifecta of yeah. her, her big... She had kind of a run in the 80s, and then after that, I don't think she did as many films. I think she did a lot of TV and other stuff, but... It's been, been a long time, but I remember really liking it when mm-hmm. I was younger. Yeah. Um, Speaking, uh, you know, one other person that was in this movie was Polly Draper. Um, she was on Thirty Something. She played the the woman who worked with Ann Magnuson, but then left to oh, go yeah, yeah. manage Steve's um, account. Um, last time I saw her, she was the. Did you, either of you see Obvious Child? She no, was, I have it on my I've seen so many previews of it. Oh, it's really good. I love that movie, and she played the mother in that movie, so she's still nice. going strong. The the people in this movie have a really long career, like you know, it's a people good cast, yeah, yeah. Like well, and it's also Metcalf. like it's not. It's what I really like about it, and I mean, this even comes into play in Mister Wrong. It's a you know kind of a romantic movie, blah blah. But they're in their thirties, like yeah. they're in their late thirties. And that's so refreshing. Like they're adults. Yeah, I know you. I knew you would enjoy that. You yeah. like when age is properly represented. In. Yeah, like I don't need to see a movie where Katherine Heigl didn't actually go to. She's too young to even have gone to college, but yet she's an executive in um, New York, a corporation. Like waiting just, for that promotion to president yeah, of everything. Waiting to make partner. Like no, girl. Why don't you actually you know do an internship first? Like it just so it's something I always like in movies is when I like older characters, especially now that I'm getting older and pulling my back muscles all the time. Uh, so you yeah. want to see yourself represented? I do. I do. I want to see Anne Magnuson walking around with a cane in her apartment. Okay. 
you know, kind of on the flip side of that, and this it segues well into Mr. Wrong. I, I'm really sick of these like bullshit movie jobs that people have. <laughs> like, oh, like public it, relations where they like are all billionaires and yeah and she's just like i'm the best of the best and you listen to what i say because you're gonna be a star and she just runs the show and she goes in there and then also mr wrong she's like the director or the uh producer of a morning show (laughs) those are like romantic comedies just have such bullshit jobs for people that aren't real like there was that what was that um j-lo movie where she was trying to get pregnant she like the wedding planner no the other one where uh, god i don't remember it was a cbs film it was a, mo- a recent one that just came Enough. out a couple weeks ago. No, I don't remember the name yes, of it. It, it doesn't does. matter. <laughs> it does. But in that Gilly? movie, I think she ran a like uh, daycare for like dogs that was like uh, that had been abused. So it wasn't just like a regular doggy daycare. It was like and she probably abused. lives in a penthouse. Yes, of course she does. Yeah. And then the guy that she starts dating is like he sells cheese. <laughs> I'm like so I'm so fucking sick of these <laughs> bullshit jobs that don't exist in these movies. Did you guys see they came together with Amy Poehler and yes. Paul Rudd? That's something no. I love about that. It's like she owns a candy shop, but yeah. she gives the candy away to kids and doesn't yeah. want to charge money for the candy. <laughs> That's what these movies do. Yeah. They're just like, I want to see a job where somebody is an office manager or <laughs> yeah. they work in the typing pool or something. Yep. yep. Or they're temping a lot. Yes, right. Like actually temping, not where they're temping and live in a friend's apartment. Thank you very much. Yeah. And if they are doing that job, I don't want it to be sad. Have you ever noticed that if somebody just has a job in an office, it's always fluorescent lighting or yep. it's really green and it just seems drab and everybody's it's not happy. their dream. Right. I'm working in an office and I absolutely love it. I love my coworkers. I love my office. I have a really good time going to work every day Mm -hmm. and that does exist i'm with you i'm with you there thank you yeah all right why don't we rate it oh i always forgot this part oh so does christine so and i do it all the time so quality of film we do on a scale of one to ten and then we do or zero to ten really um and then we do quality of like life made by the film so if you like liked it more than you think it was a good movie or if you thought it was a good movie but you're like i don't really enjoy it that's where you get to have fun uh so quality of film can i i'm gonna jump in real quick i want to give my my number first but i do want to say this is the one time that i'm just gonna call you out on some bullshit oh that's fair i'm terrible yeah no i've i've given movies that i'm like yeah i mean it wasn't that good i guess i'll give it an eight and then the next week i'm like this movie was great so like six no i know i'm terrible i keep meaning to like keep a list of what i've given so i have some kind of like uh so you know uh, what the watermark is for things yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah no but i got nothing well, like, there's uh, there's the quality that of life. Aspect. I know. I'm like, yeah, no, I know. I gave Wally and Clue and like their own a ten. That's good. <laughs> well, there's that aspect. There's also like when it's just the two of you. Like uh, Christine will be like, I don't know. I was thinking seven point seven five. You're like, yeah, I was thinking that pretty much too. That's pretty much <laughs> okay. where I landed. So, exactly. so since you're here, we'll do, we'll do it this way then, Jason. Um. <laughs> but also, let me say my third gripe, and the third gripe is. I'm so tired of these like seven point seven six seven five nine. Like I go, I go, I do point fives. I don't do like the 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 point two fives and stuff. I work with dimensions at work, so like I'm really used to. I thought you were going to say dementia. I do that. (laughs) I do that on my own. Thank you. No, but I'm like I'm so used to fractions. So like five eighths. 0.625. 0.625. Oh. Like, it's it's natural in my head. Because when you say a number like 8.43, I'm like, that means nothing to me. <laughs> I don't even know what that rating is. So I am, I am going to say I will give it a 7 for quality of film and then actually an 8 for quality of life. 
Um, what I was gonna, what I was gonna do, Jason, I was gonna say like, okay, Christine, don't look at the chat. I'll chat my answer so you know oh. that I'm not just going off of what she said, or vice versa. Okay. I oh, won't ch- look at the chat. Okay. But wait, what are we doing first? Quality of life. Uh, first comes quality, but hang on one second because let me chat it to Jason so he knows I'm okay, not. Okay, I'm not looking at it. Okay, see, so, oh, I'm, um, oh, I like this. Uh, okay, ready? So I'm quoting. So Jason, I'm texting you. The first number is quality of film, and the second number is like enjoyment and stuff. So okay, there. Now, Christine, give your quality of film. Quality of film, um, six point five. Uh huh. Quality of life, six point five. Okay. <laughs> okay. As Jason knows, what did I give it? A seven and a seven point five. There you go. Good. See, it was close. Five, keep it as honest. Yep. <laughs> we'll do it again with the next movie. I will. This is the, this is going to be a new trend. I like this. We'll if I have to be way. here every week, That's I'll be fair. silent, but I'll keep you just honest. to monitor. I I approve. I can like, she send keep stealing my thunder or something. I always feel like that when I feel like you don't talk as much when I'm here, but it's just like I I say the things that you're gonna say. <laughs> no, I don't need to speak. You you're speak the voice for... of the people, man. Right? Yeah. Say so we're we're too much alike, Christine. Oh. I'll reel it back in for the next film for Mr. Wrong. <laughs> oh no, you won't. No, no, please don't. <laughs> no, no, no Will, are you kidding? Um, okay, so this movie is out there on YouTube, kind of. Um, it does have a giant watermark in the middle of the movie, but you can get past that if you watch. Yeah, the I thing. stopped noticing it. After <laughs> I did too. Um, I constantly kept thinking like oh, that was on the background somewhere, but then a character <laughs> would walk in and it was on their face. I'm like, oh, that's I, that's right. Oh yeah. Um, but I think we all kind of recommend it. Then we all enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we'll take a quick break, or maybe a like long break, and come back to talk about Mr. Wrong. Oh yes. Yes.
have traveled long and far in many, many ways, all the way down to Mexico, if you will, mm-hmm. for the next film, 1996's Mr. Wrong, starring TV sensation Ellen DeGeneres mm-hmm. and romantic comedy sensation Bill Pullman. Directed by Nick Castle, who other people might know from things like the Dennis the Menace movie. He wrote Escape from New York. To me, more importantly, he directed The Boy Who Could Fly. Oh, nice. Which I love that movie, although I haven't watched it since I was like nine, so I feel like I may, I don't know. It's one of those movies I've been scared to revisit because I'd be really sad if it doesn't hold up. Um, I have to throw in, the one thing I remember from The Boy Who Could Fly is Mindy Cohen being in that movie, who I adore. Yep. I love Mindy Cohen. And she has a new romantic comedy uh, starring oh. her. It's like straight to DVD, and it's called Something Something Confessions of a Fag Hag. And it's about her having all gay friends and trying to meet a guy and then like them hmm. being freaked out by all her like super gay friends for some reason. Um, but I'm also fascinated with the fact that, you know, she is Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt's best friend and godchild, uh, godmother to their children. Did not know that. Fun fact of the day. Yep. That Did is not a fun know fact. It. Yeah. Love her. Now, this has three very different screenwriters attached to it, which I find really interesting. Uh, the first is Chris Matheson, who was the writer-director of Bill, the Bill and Ted movies. Oh, okay. The second is Carrie Aaron, who is now the co-showrunner of Bates Motel. Oh, okay. And then the third is Craig Munson, who didn't seem to do anything else that IMDb felt was noteworthy. Okay. Uh, so right away, I feel like, okay, three screenwriters probably not working together says something about this movie. Yeah. Uh, probably done as a kind of, here's Ellen DeGeneres, let's, you know, she's got a big TV show, she's a hit, we need to find her a project, we need to find her a comedy that's going to connect with her fans, here's a script, here we go. So, who wants to give us the synopsis of what this movie's about? I don't want to. Jason? I will. Because I think you can really, really relate what it's about. True. So, (laughs) we've all been there, right? So, Ellen DeGeneres plays a producer for a morning talk show, which is a lot like Regis and Kathy Lee, and they even re- reference Regis and Kathy Lee. But now, is, and, is it hosted by Ro- is Robert Goulet playing himself, or is he playing a character named Robert? I think he's on <laughs> that, head. But that's a good question. That really bu- bugs oh my me. God, that's right. Does it say in IMDb if he's playing no, himself? No, it's Dick Braxton, but I thought they said his name was Robert. Okay. That might have just been a slip, like he in the room. very possible. <laughs> when the room, when they called Johnny Tommy that yeah. one time. <laughs> So so she's playing uh, the producer. Her life is going great. Her career's on track. She's wonderful. So everything's going well except her love life. Her sister, as you mentioned, is getting married before her, but she's totally cool with it. It doesn't even matter. It's I don't fine. Even care. It's fine. I'm 30. I was th- the opening narration. I was 31 and still single, which is hilarious. And then I had to try to figure out how old I was when I got married, which was only a year ago, but yet I still didn't remember how old I am. You're the mess. Yeah, that was worrisome, but. Yeah, well, it seems like times times they have changed because I, I hope so. Even her mother, the fantastic Polly Holiday, who I also wanted to be when I was a kid, a who lot played Polly's this week too. She, she played Flo on Alice, and you know, of course, she's the kiss my grits, and she's just amazing. She mentions at one point she's talking to Ellen, and I'm getting off track, but she mentions that she was 16 when she got married. That just doesn't happen God. anymore. That was our grandparents' era, Ugh. you know, and that seemed to be fine then. I don't know anybody who's going to be 16, <laughs> 16 when they got 16 times 2 is 32, right? 
Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I was twice that age then when I got married. Yeah. That, and that's about right. That's yeah. how you do it. So anyway, um, Ellen DeGeneres is happy with everything else except her love life. She gets really forlorn one night and goes to a bar and starts to play a really sad Chris Isaac well, song. Well, first she has a really bad blind date. Oh, that's right. And the, uh, you know... God, I keep getting off track. No, let me finish this. So she, she has a, <laughs> there's so much to unpack here. So that she has a um, she has a really bad blind date. Goes to a bar by herself. Starts to play a really sad Chris Isaac song with one quarter in a jukebox, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, and she drops the quarter as she's bending down to pick it up. Somebody comes up and plays the exact song that she was going to play. She turns around and it's Bill Paxton or possibly Bill Pullman. Well, there's like a slow pan up. Like, it's her her sight line, so it's her looking and she sees the jeans. And it's, like, the kind of jeans that, like, nobody nobody really looks good in. It's, like, they're, they're not Obama tight, jeans. but they're, like, mom jeans for dads. Yeah. And it's, like, this slow pan up to him, and he's wearing, like, a Carhartt jacket. Like, Bill Pullman is an attractive man. They but, uglied him up. Yeah, and, like, the pan up, it's, like, he's supposed to be really sexy, but he just doesn't look that sexy there. And I, I know, I know, we're still synopsizing, but did he s- not see her, or did he just like <laughs> step on top of her? Like, what was the scenario there? Maybe she was wearing like that camouflage shirt that just kind of so blended he thought she the was the floor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, I'm okay with that answer. So they begin a relationship. He is an investor and a poet, and he is perfect, and he does everything right. He is great with her parents. He's great with her. They have great sex. He reads her poetry in bed. Uh, everything's going wonderful until one day he says that he wasn't complete. He hasn't been being himself. She was like, no, I want you to be yourself. That's when everything goes to shit. And he starts acting like himself. He starts stealing beer and, <laughs> and running away from a security guard who's chasing him with a ball bat, t- littering, throwing a can at a homeless man. Man, hugging his mom awkwardly too long and he's really weird she starts to question the relationship and everybody keeps saying no he's great go for it go for it you're and just she looking thinks about her alternatives and she's like yeah i guess he's better than the last couple guys right i am 31 i'm an old maid now. <laughs> right? my, my eggs are just drying up here <laughs> right? so uh, she tries to go with it until she realizes she can't do it anymore she breaks up with him that's when he goes terrifyingly crazy and i think we'll leave it at that and well, we can just talk about yeah it. one of the instigating factors is has to um we i have to tell a personal christine makepeace story here oh, no. Jason, you were there for so you know how wonderful this is oh my god i can what never watch about? i can never mention charades or watch charades happen without thinking back to my favorite christine moment ever so <laughs> when christine moved jason actually had a going away party yeah. and we, we were playing celebrity and one of the elements of celebrity is charades basically and we we're playing at movies so everybody had written down movie titles and we're doing charades of movie titles and it's christine's turn and she makes up her little piece of paper and she reads it and we just, she's just looking at us with this look of like oh god this is really hard i don't know what to do and she tries to do something none of us know what she's doing <laughs> she tries to do it for like whatever the time limit was this sounds like every day of my life <laughs> just go running the clock it's like five minutes of you just like frantically moving your arms and we're just we're like um titanic uh bull durham bridge over the river one, <laughs> the wizard of oz 1925 silent version mr wrong and so on and then finally time runs out and you just like slam your hand down and just say to us i'd like to see you do glengarry glen ross <laughs> Oh my god, it remains like I, I honestly Christine Brennan and I quote that about <laughs> once a week. Like whenever one of us is trying it. to express something, we kind of break into that. 
Oh, I'm Wait. well. I I'm proud of me. That was a good way to handle that. Yeah. <laughs> you did as good as anybody could do. So. Yeah, I'm trying to work it out in my head. There's no way to do that. No, one. I mean, I guess like you can be on a phone, but like that could be anything. Girl six. I don't know. Right. Um. But yeah, so it's the charades with the creepy mom, and that's that kind of the breaking point. So at, until that point, I was kind of I was kind of there. I'm like, okay, and like Ellen. It's funny because she doesn't, you know, on one hand, she doesn't look like your Meg Ryan type. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie doesn't do anything to help that. But that's okay because that's not her type. Like, she sh- they shouldn't have glammed her up because that wouldn't have worked either. Her name is Martha, which is a, no offense to anybody named Martha, but not typically the name for a romantic leading lady. It's not no, a sexy it's not name. a <laughs> name, yeah. But, and the once, like, when Bill Pullman first is like, okay, I'm going to be myself, it's kind of funny because it's... It's like he's having fun with it. It's kind of cool. And then it turns into such a fucking terrifying movie mm-hmm. that is so grossly inappropriate and not understanding that this isn't funny. This is actually really scary and really fucked up. Yeah. And it's it's really horrifying. It is, and it has the thing that always gets me in a horror movie. Do you remember that one episode? You both watched Angel, right? Of course. Yes. Remember when... Yes, um, even, even though it didn't have lesbians. <laughs> right? <laughs> you remember the episode, what, season four, when, um, uh, what's her name, Jasmine starts to take over, and everybody's under Jasmine's thrall, except Fred, who somehow gets yes. free, and she goes and hides, and everybody is out to get her. Like, so she can't terrifying. go anywhere. That is terrifying to me, the fact that you're alone, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. every everybody's like working together against you uh, that that's what was going on here people were like no he's a great guy you should be with him and yeah. like they're trying to get her maneuver her towards him she's like no he's terrifying and nobody would listen but she can't get the proof there's a really good play from a couple years ago called boy gets girl that's like this exact thing it's this woman this professional like journalist goes on a blind date doesn't work out so she's just like yeah it's not working out but like he it's this guy just inserts himself in her life and it's, like, so small how creepy it gets, how, like, minute and how he's able to just get in places he shouldn't. And it's like this. He gets her fired from this job that she loves. And it could be funny if it was kind of, like, in the end sort of uh, done right, but it's never even amended in the movie. And we'll talk about the ending later, because this is the yeah. weirdest ending of any movie I've ever seen. <laughs> but, like, he he ruins her life in every way. Like, I'm glad she didn't have a pet, because that goldfish oh, would have been just torn apart. Yeah. But it's so fucked up, because it is... Now, I have never been stalked, thankfully. Mm, um, I've known people who've had been in abusive relationships or, any, or stuff like that. And that's what this is. It is somebody who, and I mean, typically it is man to woman. It can happen the reverse, but it's very different when it is a man that can do these things because he is taking away her life and everything about her and nobody is there to, she can't protect herself because there's nobody that will believe her or support her. It's fucking horrifying. This is the movie, that Reese Witherspoon movie Fear, if it was done as a, like, a lighthearted comedy. 
Yeah, and there was a pet in that movie. We know how that turned oh, out. God. Oh, God, the German Shepherd head! Oh, yeah. oh now could I'm sad. Have, oh, same thing could have happened here. Yeah, there's, so, like I said, there's so much to unpack here. There's that aspect to it, but then there's also this weird aspect of, and, like, I don't even know how to talk about this, like, correctly, but this weird tradition and this history we have of gay or lesbian actors playing in a romantic comedy, and, like, we can't really believe it, because, you know, like, so... <laughs> Tony like, Stark, right? Uh, what's his name? Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. worked so well as Tony Stark because those characters are so, so similar. And we as a viewer can kind of see, like, oh, that could just be Robert Downey Jr. And, like, he becomes a superhero. It's basically a parallel story. But so that's why we want that in our actors. We want to believe, like I said, that Julia Roberts is a nice right. person. But he's you know, an actor. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres was a comedian. Yeah, well, true, but she was. They were trying to market her as a, a, a in romantic comedies and as an actress. She was in a couple films, and it just doesn't work. Unfortunately, yeah. we know too much. Her, being a lesbian is so much a part of who she was, especially at, and around not when that this time. came out. When this came out, I think. I, I don't think she had officially come out, but I think, like, many people knew that she was gay. Yeah. But I mm-hmm. don't think it was that public at the time. And she said on Ellen that the, the dating stuff was something that she never really enjoyed. They really pulled away from that. Um, yeah. For like Even before she came out, she was like, that's not what I like to do. That's not the comedy yeah. I like to do. So it's so weird that they would cast her in a romantic comedy. And I guess it was just the sense of, like, okay, well... You're a TV comedy actress, so at the time, what would you do with an actress? You would put her in a romantic comedy. Right. And that's the, the weirdest thing about this movie, and I couldn't really find enough information on it. Again, the fact that there's screenwriter, three screenwriters, makes me think that this movie started as a black comedy satire of romantic comedies. And I think those elements are there. The idea yeah, that it starts as a meet cute, they're perfect. There's for each some other. funny shit in this movie. Yeah, there is, but it's not horrifying. It's funny. Yeah. So Joe it Cusack feels, brings it. She's she's hysterical in this. She's Here's so something good. else that these two movies have in common, like a sec- a really hilarious secondary female character. Yeah. She's well, great. It had the one line that I found really funny um, involved Joan Cusack. It was when she uh, catches her for the second time, and she's, like, putting honey on her. He's like, why do you keep putting sticky stuff on me? So <laughs> funny. That line's really funny. And she put gum in her hair. Best. Yeah. And, like, if it was the two of them, like, imagine a buddy comedy of Joan Cusack and Ellen DeGeneres. That would have been fucking awesome. That would be yeah. very funny. And I Cut think- up the couch, Bob. <laughs> that tiny little knife. <laughs> I think that... I can see that there is like there is a play on the formula of a romantic comedy here, mm-hmm. and again, like I keep thinking of they come together and like how that really carefully like pulls all of these elements of romantic comedies and shows you how ridiculous they are. I think this movie wanted to do that, and I don't know if at any point it could have. Or whether it was studio, whether it was director, whether it was screenplay after screenplay, that it just. They did not know how to make a dark comedy work. So instead, they tried to be earnest and goofy, but the subject matter doesn't allow that. Not when you know, no, when this situation happens, usually the woman ends up dead. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, you can do a satire of anything. You can take really dark material and make it funny, but you have to know how to do that. And this movie doesn't. 
Did you ever see L.A. Story? Oh, I love L.A. Story. Uh, so, th- did you ever see deleted scenes from it? Like, the extended cut a with few. deleted scenes? So, there's one with John Lithgow. He plays a producer yes. that, that he meets. And <laughs> so, the, he's pitching ideas to Steve Martin. And he was like, you know, I had this great idea for, uh, for a romantic comedy. There's a couple. They're going to get married, right? One night, the woman gets raped. And she's trying to hide it. And she's all embarrassed. And then it turns out, the husband's the one that raped her. Big happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's this movie. Because I think that's what like producers think like black comedies are or comedies yep. are. They they don't understand what a real dark comedy is. And that's, right, it's like, that's... well, can we get her in a wedding dress? Yes, we can. Okay, great. They're done. Exactly. Sold. Yeah. This is how it fails when you try to do a, a dark comedy. Yeah. Um, a great example of Ellen being awkward as a like love interest for a man is when she's telling her sister, who's played by Hope Davis, when she's telling her, you know, about like, oh yeah, I, I spent the night with this guy, and the sister like screams like she's so happy and like, happy for her, and Ellen Ellen uh, answers with, huh, I didn't even react that way. <laughs> well, I didn't even react that big. Like, yeah. I'm not surprised by that, Ms. DeGeneres. Not surprised. But she was really, really good. She was. She. I mean, I think she was as good as she could be, and she was better than the movie deserved. No, that's very true. Her, both her and um, Joan Cusack were. But there's like a moment where she looks genuinely sad. Like she portrays real emotion. It's a fucked up situation. But she like it's it's believable. Yeah, Yeah. she sells it. I agree. Did you ever see the film Goodbye Lover with no. her? It's medium. Um, Patricia, Patricia Arquette. Arquette. Be a Patricia medium. Ar- oh, you didn't call her big fat medium. Yeah, no, I've got. Oh, I'm, you're I'm over as that. A person, Jason. <laughs> Thank you. I'm trying. Um, and Miami Vice, Don Johnson. Uh huh. And I think that's the. Those are the main stars. It was a. Li- I think it might have been a direct to Blockbuster. Like the Blockbuster had its own production company, and they would like somehow they would buy film. That wasn't a production. So company. somewhere in there was also like a five minute Bible reading, right? I'm sure. But it wasn't a production company. It was a distribution company. So they would buy films that couldn't get distribution anywhere else. And there's this film, Goodbye Lover, which is actually really good. It came out right after uh, um, 94. What is that? God. No, John Travolta and She Dances and Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. So it came out after Pulp Pulp Fiction. And you remember, like, that was the height of, like, oh, indies, gritty indies. And and there's always a big heist. And there was, like, a million movies like that. None of them were good. Um, This. This is one of them that's kind of good. It's not great. <laughs> but Ellen DeGeneres, fucking hilarious in that movie. She, if you ever get the chance, it might be on Netflix. It's really, really funny. And she's a great comedic actress. Yeah. This was just a poor, bad role no for her. It was wrong choice for her. Yeah. It yeah. was Mr. Wrong for her. Yeah, that's true. And did you notice her, the, um, what was the the love interest name? Um, okay, it, can we talk about that other, the real love Walter? interest? Walter? So, yeah, so... Right in the beginning of the movie, they establish that she has a co-worker named Walter, who's, like, totally in love with her. Mm-hmm. Ugh, what is the deal with this storyline? What's going do- on? I and know. she's just like, it would never work. It would never work. But they never say why. Right. And you assume it's like, okay, I guess it's just because you're a few years older than him. Or, like, they work together. But they don't even say that. It seems like it's... it, And they never explain why. And it's so bizarre, because... He keeps showing up, and, like, you almost want them to make that creepy. Because even that in itself is kind of like, he just keeps trying, but not trying that hard. But there's something kind of ominous about, like, you could read that as being kind of ominous. Or you could read it as being like, well, she's attracted to him. Like, it seems like she is attracted to him, but for some reason she won't do anything with him, except when she needs him. And even the 
and, and we won't spoil the ending just yet, but like mm-hmm. he shows up at the end and they still never kiss. Yeah. Like, the two of them never like physically touch each other romantically. And like I don't understand what the movie wants me to think of that relationship. It's so or, weird. Or him. I can't tell yeah. if he's you know, he's kind of a hero towards the end, but also they also paint him as kind of doofy right. and like, you know, he's sitting on his patio shirtless and just a robe and he's interrupting her and not really listening and he's not a great character. He's they, a little they don't establish what his thing like I feel like in the script it probably had him be like he is 19 years old and wears glasses and lives in his mom's basement or something right but you have no idea who he is except clearly he's going to be important in the movie well I'll tell you who he is he is Andrew Shue for cheap he's like yes. really like, though whole time I'm like who, he Andrew does Shue. look like somebody like that's a tradition in Hollywood too right like getting actors and actresses that just kind of look like somebody else like that's yeah. the only reason Lily Sobieski has a career oh god yeah cause one and, day they're like one day you're, we're gonna get you and Helen Hunt and you're gonna play her daughter exactly Exactly. One day. And, uh, Streep for Cheap in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Oh, yeah. That actress. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> that looks like a young Meryl Streep. They always do that. They get oh, these actresses yeah. that kind of look like somebody else. I'm like, maybe people think that. It's, um, it's the asylum of, of, of uh, <laughs> actor the asylum casting. repertory. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think Bill Pullman in this movie kind of based his performance on Luke Perry as Dylan McKay. Oh, Because he yeah, talks this like this. And his eyes are squinty the whole time. And, like, he really, like, I, I, I don't really know what he's doing. But I, I'm kind of okay with it because it's funny at times. And I kind of feel like either, and I wonder if it was his decision or the director's decision to do whatever it is he does. Uh, but it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's, for me, kind of the least interesting parts of the movie mm-hmm. i could see that uh, uh there's well and also the fact that he's turned on by her wardrobe she dresses <laughs> martha's wardrobe right she's got like the long skirt with the mary jane clogs with white socks yeah with, who finds that sexy i'm sorry i know that there's somebody for everyone and everybody's got their own thing and some people are attracted to muscle men you know i'm not it's fine but is anybody out there turned on by an ankle-length skirt and white socks and Mary Janes? Yes. Maybe not turned Wait, on, but no. this <laughs> this is the movie that inspired me to buy wingtips, Doc Martin wingtips, exactly oh. like she wears in this yeah. movie. Well, I those actually wore it better, though. <laughs> I, I had a pair exactly like that. I bought them when I worked at Gadzooks um, at the mall. They were on sale, and they were a half size too small, but I'm like, I'm going to make them work, and they hurt so bad, but I wore them all the time, and my toes were all crunched up, but I was like, I look so cute. Well, usually I wear a size five, but if seven feels so good, I buy a size eight. They're eight and a half. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. This movie also had also had an amazing cast, like um, Joan Plowright. Yep. Well, she and, uh, had worked with the director on Dennis the Menace. So okay. clearly he had some photographic evidence of her doing some funky things with uh, Walter Matthau. It's my well, she, was try- she had a little comeback at this time. She was in, like, Enchanted April and Dennis the Menace and mm-hmm. then this. And, like, there was this, like, re- uh, renaissance for Joan Plowright out of nowhere. It and that died the, fast. the era of the Plowright. Right? Remember those halcyon days of yore? Mm-hmm. Um, and Hope Davis is also great. Ellen frickin' Cleghorn. Yeah. Was, Dean Stockwell. I yeah. Mean, Robert Goulet. Robert Goulet. My God, Robert Goulet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
my god, that's the, the next episode that Jason's going to be on, by the way. I've threatened Christine with it, but I really mean it. We're doing a chorus line and the red shoes sometimes in the future, and you're there for it. I'm dying. I think I'm going to be sick. No, you I are not. I mean, like, that episode, not, like, right now. <laughs> I think you mean after the episode. You're going to be on it, but you're going to be Because me and Jason are just going to sing a chorus line the entire time. Exactly. We'll be so be annoying. amazing for everybody, but... Every, for everybody, meaning us and nobody else. Right. <laughs> did we um, did we mention what uh, Bill? Honestly, is this Pullman? Pullman. Okay. Um, did we? You think in this day and age would be over that? But I'm still not over that. Um, his character. I, I have such a bigger crush on Bill Paxton that I never confuse the two. Oh, see, that's yeah, good. Brandon is help. intimidated by my crush on Bill Paxton. So, did we mention what his character's name is? Wit. Whitman Crawford. <laughs> Crawford. That is such a bullshit made-up romantic no, yeah, comic nobody name. Nobody's named that, and if they are, they would have been beaten up. And now we're going to have a listener named Whitman Crawford who threatens to kill us or to steal our identity and get us fired from our jobs. <laughs> well, um, I mean, I'd be okay with that. Uh, stealing your identity. I, vol- I volunteer, yeah. Christine, they're yeah. going to make you wear the wedding dress that Ellen wears in this movie. How do you yeah. feel about that? Go ahead and steal my identity. Hope you like debt. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Don't Google my name. Don't right. steal mine. I hope you like Mexican food. Um, <laughs> her wedding dress was cool, right? She was a snow beast. <laughs> it was a very, it was a very like '90s lazy wedding dress. That's what wedding dresses used to look like. That's just what you did. It's it's shocking that that's what they used to look well, like. Well, and that it was like had to be like really big because she had to keep getting it stuck in things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't talk about when we get to Mexico. <laughs> and then How we do bring we... in kidnapping and children with guns. So it, you, <laughs> you've set that up. Like, he gets her fired from her job. He turns her parents against her, her family against her. She can't go anywhere. And then he kidnaps, drugs her and kidnaps yep. her, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Hilarious. He Bill Cosby's her, <laughs> takes yeah. her to Mexico, uh, is using his mother's maid's children as, like, uh, so fucking slash body slash added muscle. <laughs> there is goons. That's his goons, yeah, because they have guns. Um, and they keep aiming them at her. It's not really funny because it's really fucked up. Yeah, and it's not a good enough movie to be fucked up. Uh, although I did like the um, the the Spanish singing. I want to know what love is. Yeah, that was cute. That was cute, yeah. and it was kind of pretty. It was. Christine, it was effective. You that at your wedding. I okay. You know, I think the current, like, cultural uh, discussion about dr- guns, we've had this for years, but it's really become to the forefront of my, in my mind. Yeah. And it's really made me reevaluate my appreciation of movies like this when they have, like, just random, hilarious guns in a movie. It really makes me uncomfortable when you I see agree. all these stories about just school shootings and church shootings and, like, people going in and killing people. Yep. And then they're doing it for com- comedic effect. It makes me uncomfortable, and I can't enjoy that anymore. Like, I, there was an episode of Designing Women that I loved when I was a kid where Suzanne accidentally su- shoots Anthony in the butt. I remember laughing my butt off. <laughs> <laughs> then I watched it again just recently within the last couple of years, and I'm like, that is terrifying. She could have shot him in the face. Yeah, no, I'm with you on it's, that. I find, yeah, yeah. The, the lightness of guns, especially in this era, um, it makes me pretty uncomfortable, too. Yeah, yeah. it's not funny. Yeah. The this oh. uh, is just such a weird movie. It real it's not what I expected at all. But that's to say that I expected something and I didn't. But this oh. wasn't it. 
So you had no, you had never seen this? No. Oh. I had never seen it. I remember distinctly when it came out, because it was when I was reading Entertainment Weekly quite a lot. Uh, and it was just, I mean, it was a, you know, big theatrical release, but did not do well in the theater, shockingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember, it was, I used to watch Siskel and Ebert, I think they might have reviewed it on that, that episode kind of thing. Right. Um, so I was very aware of it, but I had just never watched it, and I was really curious to see... Like okay, how, what is it? I think it might be at one point it was in like the IMDb bottom one hundred. I don't know if it still is. It's a three point oh. seven rating, so that probably not. Do you uh, think this is what turned her gay? <laughs> well, you know, let's face it. If Bill Paxton was in the Bill Pullman role, I think Portia De La Rossi would be a lonely, lonely yes. woman. If you know what I'm saying. Oh, speaking of sexy time, um, the scene where they're in bed together and he reads her poetry. <laughs> yes. Um, first, first of all, I, it's always weird when you have poetry in a movie. Because you and, don't know if it's supposed to be funny or real. Exactly. Yeah. And I couldn't tell, is this great or is this supposed to be hilarious? I didn't know what her reaction was supposed to be. But secondly, somebody reading me poetry in bed is my fucking nightmare. That seems like the worst <laughs> thing that's, ever. That seems yeah, pretty terrible. You. Like, they've got you cornered. And oh, my God. You don't know You don't know what to do. What and, to like, say. what if they're kidding? What if they're, like, no, doing behind. it to test you so that then when you're like, that was amazing, they're like, no. No, that was actually terrible. This is my real poem. Like, how are you supposed to know? Yeah, well, there's that. But, you know, I used to have a boyfriend who would pl- write songs and play me songs. He would come in and oh, he would just... very stressful. Oh, oh, my God. I never knew what to do. And I, the entire time he's playing a song and I'm like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this in my mind. And, uh, like, I felt like I should do something, you know? Like, shouldn't I have a tambourine or something? Like, <laughs> Daddy saying bass. Mama saying dinner. Like, I want to join in. I don't want to just sit there and look adoringly at you. I hate it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, nice. I always get that way when people would sing at me. Ugh. Like, to me or at me. Like, oh, stop it. What reaction are you looking for? You're not going to get it here. You want puke? That's what you're going to get. Oh, <laughs> so awful. Yeah, it's not cool. It's really not. Thank you. I'm glad we're all on the yeah, same Yeah, no, we're all, yeah, don't, uh, a lesson to all of our, our listeners, if you want to impress your romantic partner don't read them fucking poetry in bed don't do it because i felt like that was set up to be like oh my god he is the perfect man he even reads me poetry and like it was supposed to be great i thought it was disgusting See, i thought i couldn't tell and i think she couldn't either i felt like it was her kind of being like yeah that was that was that was great i should like this yeah okay that was great and like i thought it was kind of there to to show that like all right, there's something dark about him and weird. She doesn't really know how to handle it. But that's, a, I mean, like, that's a really weird kind of choice in a movie is to not have a choice is very yeah. odd because as an audience member, I don't know how I should feel. Christine, what did you think she was thinking in that moment? I think she was horrified. Yeah, see, so we all yeah. had, like, a different reaction to that. Interesting. So it's I couldn't... weird. Because I kind of read it where as she thought she should like it, but there was something off and it wasn't quite yeah. right. Or she, she was like, I should enjoy this, but she didn't really. And then I also didn't understand when she goes to the mom's house, right? Um, Joan Plowright's right. house. Um, 
it was embroidered on a pillow, a line from that Oh, my God. Why would that be embroidered on that pillow? I forgot about that. That's it was embroidered on that pillow. I couldn't figure it out. What was it supposed to mean that it was like a poem that he had copied or had she had the the pillow embroidered based on his poem? I didn't know what. Wasn't it like a quote from like Mike Ditka or something? Or somebody? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Was it a Chicago Cubs quote or something? Something ridiculous like that. And I guess he just like stole it off of that embroidered pillow. Oh, God. See, there's a problem if we all didn't understand that. Didn't understand it, yeah. But, you know, I mean, that comes into play with the ending. And I'm not talking about the way the film ends. I'm talking about the movie ends, and then it tells us what happened to the characters with, like, title cards. Yeah, I hate that. What the fuck? Yeah, what what are we doing? Like, what kind of movie is this? That's how you're ending it. Have you ever seen a movie that, the movie, and it's not like, um, I'm trying to think of like a, a movie that does that like jokingly where they show a character and it's like, you know, uh, Frank Drebin went on to be captain of the police squad, but then yeah. fell off a horse and died. Mm-hmm. Like, and his picture of Frank Drebin on a horse. Like, that's what you would do. No. Two movies have done it well and successfully, and that is Animal House and Nine to Five, and that is yes. all. You could yeah. never like, do that's it. That's how you do it. Yeah. This movie, it's like the scene ends, and the scenes like they keep going. Like, um, we're not really spoiling, but like characters walking away, and as they are, title card. This character ended up here. Joan Cusack. Uh, moved and opened up a sewing shop. And Bill Pullman's out there somewhere. Like, did you (laughs) run out of money? Did you have deleted scenes that you realized weren't working? Did test audiences hate everything you did so much that you were just like, fuck it, we'll just write it down and slap it on the ending? Like, it's hard to end things. Endings are hard. Yeah, that's true. that's bad. (laughs) Like, that's... Like I had, I, I just my my jaw was hanging open. Like it was hanging open a lot during this movie, but with that, I'm like, w- wait, that what? Like it'd be like I don't know, Titanic ending. Let's say for some reason I keep referencing Titanic today. I don't know why. That's all right. But it's like, let's say it ends with Rose and Jack in the water, and instead of like the the next like three hours of that movie, that's you know like nine hours long, it's like Jack froze in the water and died. <laughs> Rose, the next day, Rose went on the boat and saw yeah. Billy Zane, but it chose not to tell him she was alive. Them. Billy Zane, we find out later, shot himself after the market crash. <laughs> Years later, Rose got very old and threw the diamond over the water. Bill Paxson is very unhappy, but he does not know why. Susie now you are going to see reconstructive freckle surgery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's how... What? It's so weird. That's you how know, you end a movie on a classy note, like freeze frame, text, ending. But like text if it's like one line, not text if it's like, and this character did this, and then this character did, this character now lives on 525 Elm Street. Yeah, it's so much better. To, it's like show, don't tell. It's the oldest rule in the book. Right. It's just like the end of Romeo and Michelle, like when uh, Jenny Garofalo gets a little shop and they, or she's in the shop that they have opened. They don't just tell you that's what happened. Yeah. You see them working in the shop and Jenny Garofalo's shopping there and like that makes it so much better. It's the oldest rule in the book, show, don't tell. Yeah. But oh, it, it's, like, it's just a bizarre way. Like... Especially when you think of like a movie like that where you're going by, you want audience reaction to be good because you want somebody to walk out of that movie, even if they didn't laugh the whole time, you want them to walk out that movie saying to their friend, 
oh, go see this movie. Right. Because the last thing they remember, at least make the last thing funny, right? If you have a solid ending, the rest can be shit. If it ends solidly, that's what people are going to remember. And And instead you walk out and you're like, yeah, I saw that movie. I don't know. It kind of was unresolved. Yeah. Also, isn't it funny how, like I told you, I'd watched, I was watching Cheers. We were talking about this, I think, off, off air. But I was re-watching Cheers, which I loved as a kid, and I still love. You, oh, I think Cheers holds up. Well, you were there. I, you know, I met George Wint at the, at the last yep. Horror Hound. I cried in front of George Aww. Wint. It was one of the biggest Aww, moments of my life. I meeting, remember reading about that. It was lovely. It was, like, meeting Norm was one of the greatest mm-hmm. moments of my life. And yeah. But I watched Cheers, and um, it does hold up, but it's comedy's different. It's still really funny, but a show like that would never be on the air now. Just the pacing right, it's of it. a particular it. type. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, and 20 years from now, you're not going to find... And the a, office. Like arrested Development or The Office, like that style is going to, yeah, you know, and some people will say, oh, it, and it doesn't hold up. Like I've had arguments with people about that of um, like because we, we've been watching All in the Family, which is really funny and I find right. it really funny. And yes, there's some jokes that I anticipate just because I've seen every show since then that has taken that formula. Yeah. Um, but it's still to me I'm, and like. I guess I can understand somebody not like just not laughing because it's comedy, comedy's rejective. Mm-hmm. But there's something to like, no, but you have to see like the craft here of its time kind of thing. Right. And the way that comedy changes over time, just the pacing of it. Like this movie, for example, it yeah. was really it was paced very oddly. Scenes would go on. They would let it be quiet and let a scene breathe, quote unquote. Like the scene where she has the bad date and the guy is standing at her door and he says, you know, can I feel your breasts or something? And she just kind of looks at him and then looks down and looks up and she says, okay, good night and closes the door. That part is like 14 seconds long. <laughs> right. Her just closing the door takes Timing so long. Is weird. It is. You're really and right may- about that. Maybe that was just the, the gush. The, the gestalt. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Um, the, just the... Zeitgeist? The maybe. Gestalt, something. Yeah, the cultural way the comedy Auschwitz, was done. I don't know. I mean, it's a lot like The Office, actually. It's funny I mentioned The Office because that's what I had been thinking. So I guess that's not funny because I had been thinking it. But anyway, The, the Office, like, really... The Pam, the actress who played Pam, she said that she did nothing, and they really responded well to that. And it does work on The Office. Like, you know, she'll just yeah. give an, a, a look and won't really react and say anything, and that's funny. And I think that's what they're trying to do here, but it didn't quite work. I don't think America was ready for that type of... <laughs> You're, the timing, it and I mean, that's... Ahead of its time. There you yep. go. Timing, is, comedy is so much about timing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, forget, I feel like we talked about this recently. It was something we watched... Where I, where I was feeling that way. I'm like, it's just too, it's not quick enough. Like, there's something about it. Um, what did we talk about last episode? Um, Birdman. And Darkman. Darkman. Before that, I don't know. Clearly, I can't I, remember that I've far drank back. too much. But, I vaguely remember you saying that, maybe it wasn't you, but there's some movie that somebody was talking about that said it would, movie, uh, the movie scenes would end on, a, on quiet, on like nothing. You know, there would be like three or four seconds of nothing. And like if 30 Rock taught us anything, you end on the joke. And then you go yeah. right to the next scene. Unless the quiet is, like, office quiet. Like, there is an art to it. Yeah. And this movie, like, here and there, I was like, okay, I guess that's kind of what they're doing. But the fact that it called attention to itself and we all kind of picked up on that and it not working for us really says something. Oh, this was, it was just so ill, ill, 
I wouldn't say ill-conceived because I would not be surprised if this like original screenplay is out there online and you read it and you're like, holy fuck, that's brilliant. Because I feel like some of the pedigree, because the guy who wrote Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure writing a black comedy about romantic comedies, that could be awesome. Yeah. And I bet it was at one point. That's mm-hmm. my theory. <laughs> and then it turned into this movie, which isn't. And how have we not mentioned Bob at all through this? I think I mentioned oh, him one so time. Oh, so funny. No, he no, was- yeah so funny and adorable and just like i there was a weird dynamic uh whatever um joan cusack's character's name was oh, inga ingrid inga inga, inga I, I think something like that inga. but inga inga and bob um he was just so dedicated to her like he was willing to help her uh, ruin this woman's life or stalk this woman because she was with this other guy he loved her so much that he's willing to put up with her being in love with somebody else and like support it bob is just the sweetest character and he's adorable and he got his leg cut off in dexter (laughs) he's the guy oh my god he was he was the ice truck victim that they find yeah Yeah, with missing a leg that's that guy he was in a couple other movies too i've had a little mini crush on him for years he's one of those actors that i don't know much about him but every time i see him i'm like oh i'm intrigued enough to watch whatever this is So I like him, and he was really funny in this. And there was and- something like, there was a good parallel, like, there was a very idea, like, Joan Cusack is sort of a, f- like, a female version of Bill Pullman, mm-hmm. and, but the movie, like, never understood how to use that in any way. Right. They could, didn't bring those two characters together to see how they'd work, which would have been, could have been really hilarious. Yeah. yeah. very strange. It's a shame, and also, isn't 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 it so funny when uh, how size is really subjective in a movie? She's talking about Bob to the police, and she's like, "This guy is huge, but he doesn't look that big <laughs> no, on screen." Chubby, that's it. Yeah, exactly. And but I maybe if you meet him, maybe he is really tall, but you can't really tell that on screen. Like how we don't know that like uh, Tom Cruise is actually really short; he just looks like an average man. Mm-hmm. It's so weird how you can't really tell size. True. Yeah, he just looks like a very slightly chubby guy. Yeah, but it's also like movie weight, so like Ellen's actually really overweight in this movie, if you're going by movie weight. that's true. And even like there was one review I read, because I was curious what like reviews were for this movie, and there was one where it was like, even describes her as looking chunky in this movie. It's like, what? That's insane. Yeah. not crazy talk. Like she's dowdy. In terms of style, like, she's not... But isn't that intentional, or, like, I think they were going for character. a certain yeah. style for that character? Yeah. I mean, like, that was a very unfortunate style for a lot of people. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, the 90s were worse for fashion than the 80s. I agree no. with you. And they're coming back. So be careful. I was trying okay. to have a ni- I wanted to have a '90s party a few years ago, and it was. I guess it was, like, 2006, six, seven, something like that, and... um Everybody kept saying, like, I don't know what to do. Uh, like, the 90s didn't really have a style. It's hard to think. Yes, we were so did. close to it. I think we were just too close to it at the time. Now, it's easy to look back and be like, oh, my God. There was so much fabric, so many zoot suits and giant pants. And, like, oversized things or undersized things. Mm-hmm. Big, chunky jewelry. Like, I mean, just watch early seasons of Buffy. Right. Ugh. You know? it's Horrifying. It wasn't flattering. Was Parker Lewis flattering. can't lose. Try to figure out what was going on there. Or 902-0 is a, is a great example. Because that because they're supposed to be, like, stylish. Yeah. Right? That's supposed to be, like, you know, oh, I wish I could dress like the 902-0 characters because they live in Beverly Hills. And you're like, man, those shorts are so unflattering on Kelly. Yeah. Oh, and remember when Brenda went through that 
lesbian talk show host phase. Uh, like oh, when she, she was doing the menswear? Yeah, and the yeah. ties and the big weird hats. But see, I think like she looked better in that than she did in like the early seasons when she was doing just the like oversized clothes that weren't yeah. very nice. I don't know, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, it was a rough... They were dark times. I mean, unlike now, where we all look great. Yeah, Mm, exactly. We're going to look back on this and not regret a thing. Never. Not one thing. I do think, though, that, like, when you... A lot of it... We're not fashionable anymore. (laughs) I'm sorry to break that to you guys. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe you're not. You mean, like, you guys, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean the royal we. I mean people (laughs) of our age group... I do mean the people of our age group. We're not we're not trying to be fashionable anymore. We are younger. We are trying to stay with trends. I'm just happy I'm to find some. Say, I think that depends on what part of New York you're in and who you work with and who you see. Because I can tell you, in my office in the Bronx, I know I'm not fashionable, but. People put a lot of work in what they wear there. No, yeah, I think they're younger than you and us. I keep yeah, saying that we're the same age, true. even though I could be your dad. Um, now, now, as far as I know, I'm like 50 now. I keep forgetting how old I am. Yeah, that's how I feel. But, like, I don't think the three of us, maybe I'm wrong, Christine. I don't spend a lot of time with you, but, like, I don't try to be fashionable. I don't. Oh, I haven't tried to be fashionable for years. And plus, Austin fashionable isn't New York fashionable. It's like everything gets down here three years too late so there's no point you just look like an asshole right i think that's when people fail and you look back and you're like oh god what was going on then i think now we're just kind of wearing classics we're wearing a nice button up we're wearing I don't a nice know. jason you own pocket squares of different colors i think that makes you fashionable but that's classic too that's like it's not like it's trendy right now but it's like classic that classic is a fashion isn't it I think there's some things that never go out of style. Like, I don't like own suits. pearls. If I owned pearls, I feel like that would mean I was trying something. Yeah. Oh, so are we recording Fashion Cast now? Did we go ahead and do <laughs> we that? We should, because if anybody knows it, it's us. No, we yeah. transferred. Right. We stopped, right? You click the button and then and flip the tape yeah, over. This is the, this now- is the other podcast. This <laughs> right. one starts with like a Project Runway intro. Tim Gunn is on, actually I I'm put on my him. aviator glasses. Yep. I need it to stop talking through. with an accent, too. <laughs> I'm wearing a scarf now. I wasn't before. <laughs> you guys can't see it. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah, I've got maybe the gladiator that's the one thing on. of... Maybe that's the one bad thing about this show. Nobody can see how fabulous we look. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so let's rate this movie, eh? Oh, that was an Ellen reference, and I didn't even mean it. Oh, just... that's fabulous. That looks fabulous. <laughs> Remember, you know, isn't that her, like, production company? She goes, anyway, at the end of The Ellen Show. I, I think I that's... I've never watched The Ellen Show in its entirety. Uh, you know, I have to say, as, like, we'll rate this film in a minute, but I do have to throw one thing out. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to throw out I really it still amazes me maybe this is because of my age and I'm just like not as hip and cool as everybody else but I'm still I, kind of I, you think I am? yes oh why well, thank you um, <laughs> but I, it still almost amazes me in a really good way that Ellen DeGeneres is, still has a talk show that there's an out lesbian with a po- very popular talk show among like 40, 50, 60 year old women mm-hmm. Um, in this day and age, like I, maybe it's just because I'm still in a '90s mindset where that's just not allowed, and you wouldn't talk about it. But no, she is out on her show. She talks about her wife, yep. um, and I think it's fa- it just amazes me that that's great. So I have to give Ellen prop, props, <laughs> mad props, yo. Um, 
yes, nineties vernacular for like being a trailblazer. As much oh, as yeah. this film failed, I'm so proud of her for everything she's done. I know I'm not breaking any new you know uh, glass ceilings here or anything revelatory, but she has done really great work. And the st- there are stumbles upon the way, but she's really made it. God, you gotta respect that woman. No, I'd I'd, I'd agree completely. And I think it's one of those like. I mean, I'm fat. Like, I'm really excited for 20 years from now mm-hmm. to see where the country is in terms of what do people like my nieces and nephews, who are you know kids now, in when they're adults, like, is this still going to be? Are they still going to be talking about gay marriage, or is it just going to be marriage? Like, right? It's that. Like, it's funny because I mean, like, most of my friends are you know, pro everything. But then occasionally I'll be with family or with coworkers who will just say something where it's like, it makes me remember. I'm like, wait, really? You have a problem with gay marriage? Like what, wait, where do you live? Who are you? How do I know you? Like, it's, it's still really bizarre for me. And it's, and knowing that, yeah, like at some point that might change, but you're right. It's like the, probably the most important factor in somebody growing up somewhere where like it's taboo to not be a straight heterosexual person is just to know someone who is gay will make such a difference um because then it just becomes then it's like oh okay oh it's this is a normal thing and i think ellen was one of those kind of beacons where people knew her and it wasn't this complete, she didn't become a different person when she came out. She mm-hmm. did it first, just when people kind of couldn't handle it. But now people can look at her and be like, oh, right, Ellen. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it's it's an interesting, um, from many, I guess, cultural standpoints. Well, and representation matters, too. Oh, yeah. I went, I, you know, one thing about, they're glad, the uh, gay and lesbian anti-defamation <laughs> something. Um I went to a forum one time, and they were talking about GLBT representation in media right now in general, and um, it was just like a forum, uh, and somebody from GLAAD was hosting it, and they were talking about how much representation matters, and it really does, um, just because it makes people feel like, oh, okay, well, Ellen's cool, everybody else is cool, Uh, and if, if, you know, I can like Ellen, I can like other lesbians, and that really does matter, and Ellen blazed a trail when nobody was willing to do it. She, like, it didn't get the best response, but she was willing to take that hit love her i think she is absolutely fantastic so this film might have not have been great (laughs) ellen as a person is fantastic i have nothing bad to say about that one there you go Uh, so ratings okay are we doing this i'm gonna do the same thing i did before jason i am adding you mine christine don't look there look so that christine can give her scores and you can know whether i copied her okay gotcha okay um so do you want to go first you two go first this time. Okay, Christina, I already chatted mine to Jason, but I can say them out loud. If you want to chat yours to Jason, I will. Oh, you no, know, I can say things out loud. Okay, then you we're doing first. quality of life. Quality of film first. Why do I always do this wrong? <laughs> quality of film, I'm going to say five. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And quality of life, I'm going to say 5.5. Oh, oh wow. Now, wow, Jason. What does mine say? 5.25, quality very film. close, and 5.5, dead on the moon. <gasps> Bam! God, right. our soulmate! You are meant to be. I'm going to read you poetry in bed now. <laughs> oh, 
right. I won't know how to react. <laughs> I, no, nobody does. It's the worst no, thing in no. the world. How can you know? Uh, Jason, what are your scores? So I'm going to – I'd actually go lower. I'm going to say quality of film, probably a three. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Um, and quality of life, though, I mean, it's such an, I really did uh, kind of enjoy rewatching this almost, you know, it's almost so bad. It's good. It's a, it's a train wreck. Definitely. It is. But it, again, also, you also have Ellen, you have Joan Cusack, like you have elements that are kind of funny. Yeah. And it's a nineties time capsule. And oh, you know, yeah. that's my sweet spot. Yeah, that I'm was, I, I love the nineties. Mm-hmm. I, I could be on that stupid show on VH1. Couldn't I love all. it so much. So I really enjoyed a lot of the nineties aspects, aspects of it. And also anything that Robert Goulet is in I have to give it extra points so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go uh, six for, for quality okay. of life that's fair yeah all right so uh, that was Mr. Wrong it is not readily available it's on you can rent it on I Amazon I think I rented it from Amazon yeah I paid three bucks for it um, I'm okay with that there's a torrent out there too if I'm you're sure. that type of person no, well they got six bucks from us this month and that's all they need we did yeah. our part i hope ellen gets some residuals i hope bob gets some residuals more importantly yeah he needs it poor guy lost his leg and all that oh man that's rough yeah. uh so now before we talk about next episode let's talk about some netflix recommendations mm-hmm. okay um other than super fast which everybody should watch okay just not at the gym because you might pull your back. Christina, how about you go? I'm or Christine. Gonna... I keep doing that. It's okay. I, I respond. Are you thinking Christina Hendricks? I get anyway. it too confused. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. People confuse us all the time. It's the way you swing your hips about and like you were right? in place. That must be what it is. Um... I'm so derailed now. <laughs> the way you were... Oh, the way you were so terrible in that Adrian Brody teacher movie. Oh my gosh, I'm s- I hate him now. <laughs> I really came around on that, guys. It took me about seven years. But I was it from Detachment, or was it something else in between? I think it was some, probably, I don't know, it could just be his face. I'm just so... I'm just so <laughs> it took you that long to I know. realize he has a weird face? It did, it took me about seven years. Oh honey, get your eyes checked. I got there, though. Good. That's what matters, right? Oh. Okay. I'm, st- I'm still on the train. I still think he's awesome. Well, good. Yeah. Maybe you come back one day. Yeah. Anyway, my Netflix recommend is a really, really sad, depressing, upsetting movie that I wept through, um, but I still think you should watch it. It's called These Final Hours. Oh, I have this on my queue because it's an Netflix movie. Yeah, it is. And it's all like one day. Yeah, that's my sweet spot. What's it about? Like the end of the, the world is ending. Like the world as we know it is ending. And it's how... It's like a little microcosmic view of how, like, one guy handles it. But it's really interesting and really sad, and the science behind it is kind of cool. Oh. And different. It reminds me of that one that you turned me on to, Emily. Um, Last Night. Last Night. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, this has been on my radar, but I just haven't, because I figured it was one of those watch... in one sit-down emotional thing. It knocked the wind out of me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, for sure, it made me really depressed. I, I did cry quite a bit. Okay. So, like, get ready for that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah. Cool. Nice. Okay. All right. And, uh, Jason, what's yours? I So, I'm cheating, kind of, and I have okay. two. Okay. Um, one of them is, the first one I want to throw out is BoJack Horseman on Netflix. I know that it's a series. That was to me as well. It is fantastic. 
fantastic. The first season, this is the second season that just premiered last week. The first season was funny. The first season was really funny, and it, it's like I kind of stayed away at first because I was like, oh, that's some Adult Swim bullshit that I don't mm-hmm. care about. That's for stoners. But then I kept hearing great things about it, and I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. Hilarious, really, really well written, and also has a heart, and it, it it's smart. The second season picks up the game so much and becomes not only hilarious, but also one of the best written shows I've watched in years. I It balances this comedy and drama. There's a lot of uh, interactions between couples and fights between couples on the show, which are so beautifully true when watching these i'm watching an owl and a horse argue and i'm like oh my god i've had that fight i have said these exact words to each other and it's it's so well done the last episode made me tear up a couple times i think it's by far one of the best uh, series I've watched. In Are a they half-hour episodes? Half-hour. Yep. Okay. Easily nice. digestible. One of the... I, uh, you know, There's a line that I tweeted out recently, and some people, anybody who follows me on Twitter might have seen this, but uh, one of the characters, they you know, they realize they moved into a relationship really fast, and then like when things start to go bad, she says, you know, when you look at somebody through rose-colored glasses, those red flags just look like flags. <laughs> I, I think like that's that. kind of beautiful. That's a and, great line. Yeah. So that's what you're getting out of Bojack okay, Horseman, cool. in addition to it being one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. Um, the so. movie I want to recommend is a little known. I, I'd go as far to say no, not known Obscure. at all. Obscure. It's called The Heart Machine. I don't um, know it. It stars uh, John Gallagher Jr. from the newsroom. He was Ted, I think, or Bill, or Bob, or whatever his name was. Um, One syllable name. Reaper. I don't remember. Maybe Um, he's really the only vaguely recognizable person in in the film. Um, It's about this couple who are having a long distance Skype relationship. She's, I believe, in Germany, maybe Russia, um, and they've met online, and they're having this relationship, and she's there doing an internship or a fellowship, and she's going to come back, and they're going to meet each other when she returns. <coughs> um, excuse me. Uh, it quickly turns, the movie begins that way with these two characters like interacting online, it quickly turns into a mystery where he begins to think that she is not as far away as she has told him. Mm. And it's about him investigating and trying to get to the bottom of this and figure out, is she in the city that I'm in and why would she lie? Is call and... coming from inside the house? Exactly. Okay. And But it's uh, oddly beautiful, a little creepy at times, but then I, I, I just really liked it. It's not a great film. I'm not, I wouldn't get, if I had to rate it i'd give it i don't want to rate it because then that'll put that'll pre- <laughs> you don't have to rate it you don't quality have to of life it. and quality of film don't yeah, rate no. it. that'll put preconceived notions in somebody's head mm-hmm. but i will say okay. that it's not a great film but i really enjoyed it and i'm happy i watched it and i think more people should seek it the out heart machine i'm intrigued it's good, good yeah. Stuff. yeah yeah okay uh, my netflix recommend that is not super fast is a movie called the sisterhood of night so oh, this, where they get the pants and they all wear the pants. At night, though, right? It's the sequel. It takes place at night. Yeah. Uh, I think also it might be a prequel, goes. actually. It takes place uh, the night before. Oh, uh, right. Um, <laughs> this great. has uh, the little the girl who was a little girl in the Chronicles of Narnia, who's now like a teenager. <gasps> Love her. And the girl from Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, and Cal Penn is in it. Basically, it is about... It's based on a Stephen Milhauser short story. And I really like his short stories, but I'd never read this one. Um, and this was a, like, kick-started movie directed by a woman who was directing a screenplay written by a woman who they met in college. Like, 
there's like a lot of like a lot it has going for it of just being this kind of very like girl powered movie. And it's sort of like a modern adaptation of The Crucible, in a way. Because mm. what happens is there's these teenage girls who are about 15 years old. And, like, these two girls kind of get into this uh, war with each other. And so one of them is like, I'm going off of social media and I'm, like, forming my own sisterhood, basically. So she kind of starts recruiting, like, some of the kind of, like, otter girls in school to, like... Just, like, they're in this kind of secret club. Nobody knows what they do. Everybody assumes they do, like, witchcraft and all this shit. Um, But it becomes, like, it kind of spirals out of control as far as, like, everybody starts thinking they're, like, responsible for all this stuff. And there's all this sex stuff and all this. Um, But the film, like, it's done... it, It really, like gets being a 14 year old girl Mm. um and like the girls are all great really good performances across the board i like the style of the movie i like the music um and it's just kind of uh i I don't want to give anything away because it has like a couple of interesting places it goes but it's just a really I, i guess if you if you like like like, The Virgin Suicides is probably, like, a good film, I would say, as far as, like, what it's kind of like. Like, if you like this, you might like that. Um, but, yeah, like, it was just strange and really fresh. And I thought a really good um, capture of that age. Uh, so I just, I'm curious what both of you would think of it. Because I think both of you would get something out of it. Okay. So Interesting. Give it a go. Give it a go. I, w- I was just looking it up on Netflix or on IMDb, and I see that Jessica Hecht is in it, who played yeah. Susan on Friends. Does she still scream all her lines? That was. You know, know if- in this movie, she does a little bit. It's I knew so her more weird. from Breaking Bad. She's like Walter White's ex girlfriend. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She is. And she pops up in things. She plays kind of like the mother of the um, like main instigator, basically. So she's kind of a little bit of the like. Like, oh my, there's witchcraft amongst my town. But she's not British. I, just, <laughs> I felt like that's how she would have talked. Just watching her on Friends, which is what I know her from the best, I always assumed that she was a stage actress who right. like oh, didn't yeah. know how to go to like TV. <laughs> right. You know how there was that big problem? Pull so she back, thought she... pull it back. You're not going for the last row. Pull it right? Back. She still thought she had to project because every time she's like, I'm Susan, I'm the lesbian, and just like projecting from her diaphragm. Yeah, that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of what I would be like if I were a like TV a actor. Lesbian? Oh, okay. A, well, a lesbian TV actor, totally. Just go around screaming it all the time. I'm Emily, the lesbian. Yeah, and they'd be like, why are you yelling? I'm like, I'm just talking. Because like, I'm like, hey, a lot. People always say I'm yelling, but I'm not. I just have a loud voice. <laughs> you do. I do. It's, I'm really sensitive about it. It's helped it's me in like- podcasting, but hurt me in other parts of my life. It's it's we love it though, and your Thank fans you. love this. Thank one. you. I'm sorry, guys, if I talk too loud and you have to like lower the volume anytime my voice comes in. I'm you sorry, don't talk too loud. I'm you sorry know. if I talk too much. I get so excited when I'm here <laughs> to talk to you too, and I feel like I tend to dominate, but I don't mean to. But I just talk over people, and I'm really sorry. Christine, what are you sorry about? I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm, I'm not sorry for anything, and you guys shouldn't be either. Aww. Okay. Good, good, good attitude. All right, on our next episode, we are um, embarking upon the GGTMC sleazy summer train, where many a podcast is covering many a sleazy, sleazy movie. Uh, We both had recommends that I forget who's covering our movies. I recommended Patrick Still Lives, which I think uh, Cult of Muscle is covering. 
Uh, Christine, do you remember what movie you recommended? Um, yeah, it's a it's a Tinto Brass movie. I think that's his name. Tino Brass? No, it's Tinto. I think. I can't remember Tinto's the name of it. Tinto's more fun to say. So. I can't remember the name of it. This okay. was so long ago that we did this. That's true. It's it's the most it's a disturbing movie. Nice. It's so bizarre. There's so much bizarre like women going to the bathroom next to each other. Like there's nothing <laughs> wrong do. with I it. Mean, but like it's it's presented like yeah whatever no big deal. Like in in stalls. Yeah, like, but like or... in open stalls, like and like in like just looking at each other. Ew, <laughs> gross. But like, which is fine. Do do what you got to do. But like, I've never. No. Felt the need to do that. Oh, it's called Mona Moore. I found it. Okay, I don't okay. remember who got that one, but we will announce that once we when we record. We'll make sure they're we gonna point you to where. Uh, and we are covering, I know, I forget who picked ours. I know Silva and Gold was uh, one of our picks. I don't know who the other one was. But the movies that we have on the slate is The Afterman, which is some Italian exploitation movie uh, that was very hard to find. Very hard to find. Very hard to find. And Beyond the Darkness, which I've had in my queue forever, but is a long wait, but is available, I think, on YouTube. So, uh, supposedly, we are in for a very sleazy Italian day. So, really, it's just like an average day. It's like every house. other day for me. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but those will be out there. Um, Jason. Yeah. Fozzy. Uh, mm-hmm. If people, like, like you and and want to stalk you and maybe send Damn you flowers it. and get you fired from your job and bring you to Mexico and marry you, where can they find you to start that relationship? Oh, well, all right. With First of all, song. you can... Follow me on Twitter, which is Fozzie Bear, F-O-Z-Z-I-E-B-A-R-E, like a naked bear. Um, uh, you can, that's about it. Well, you can, I don't know, add me on Facebook. It's Jason Fozzie Nelson on Facebook. Um, I live in Brooklyn, and you can, I live on Franklin Avenue. My right window. right donut shop. Yep, my window is never locked. Uh, right, right. I, I sleep very How do you feel heavily. About clowns? Would you like it if somebody dressed up like a clown and came into your apartment? In the you know what? I've been single yeah. for a long time. I think I would tolerate it now. There's a lot that I'll overlook. Uh, and do you have any uh, website or anything? My microphone. What's that? I had to mute. That made me choke. <laughs> oh yeah, guys, we're talking. Mister Wrong. There is a scene where Bill Pullman shows up dressed like a clown at Ellen's window. We're not kidding. Like that really happens in the movie. Yeah, she wakes up it's and looks. She's yeah. happy for a second, and she's like, what the hell? <laughs> That's like she has a good double take there. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. At this uh, point, I'm, I'm 39 and single, so I will take what I can get at this point <laughs> in my life. Um, but no, I don't have a website. You know, I've been toying with the idea of I really want to bring back – I want to do a podcast again, and I wanted to bring back the podcast podcast, if anybody remembers that. But I don't I know. do. I don't know how. <laughs> like, I need some tech help. So, M- Emily, I might call upon you soon. Okay, I'll send I, you the email probably... that was sent to me that broke down how to do it. I Fantastic. hope nothing has changed. Because okay. I, God, if anything ever changes, like, they changed the way Tumblr lets you, like, post things. So, like, for about a week, I had to try, like, posting the episode in, like, a different way every day to get it out there, but it did it, people. I did it for you. So. Well, technology doesn't change, so I'm sure that'll we can still use that. Yeah, one. that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. technology is linear. It's the same all the time, yeah. so we'll be fine. Just like fashion. Yeah. So I don't have a website now, but I might in the near future. I don't know if I get off my ass. Don't hold your breath, people. <laughs> it probably won't happen anytime. Well, if you do, post it on a Facebook page so that yeah. people can see it. And remember, people, come to the Facebook page and tell us what you think 
happened to um, Dr. John Malkovich in Making Mr. Right. Yeah, I'm curious to see what everybody thinks. Yeah, very much. Uh, and on that note, I guess we'll all uh, say goodnight. Well, wait, you guys have, like, b- abandoned your Twitter. Like, tell people oh, Christine, Twitter. Oh, Christine, you're supposed to do Twitter. Uh, okay, no. Feminine. I, I never I figured can, out how to add another account on my phone on Twitter. I can, I can add another account on my phone. I can look up the sign-in stuff. I know people need to hear this. People need to hear how I don't remember this. <laughs> but it's but it's at Feminine Podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. where they can follow the show on Twitter. Okay, we're both going to make a concentrated effort to twit more and stuff. I'm still on Twitter actively. It's Emily that's Twitter. that's given out. Like yeah. And, but, like, you don't even have to tweet anything. But, like, if you, if anybody, listener tweets Feminine Podcast, they always tweet back. You're really good about that. Yes. Yes, we can yeah. try. We might not get to it for a few days because we might not, or I might not check Twitter for a few days, um, but we will get back to you. you they will. So, yeah. just flood their Twitter as much flood as Flood our can. Twitter and flood our Facebook because we're, like, happy to engage there. Yeah, you have a really active Facebook. I like that. Yeah. You don't just have the page and, like, let it be. You really make it work, and I admire that. Yeah, well, I mean, I appreciate, like, I'm still, like, amazed. Like, wow, people actually take the time to listen to us. Like, that yeah, thank you for me. that. So, yeah, I'm, that makes me happy. So, if, yeah. if you're nice enough to do that, then I'm going to be nice enough to, to say hello. Yeah, you have cool, engaged fans. You're very lucky. We do. Yeah, we do. We have a good, we have a good, bunch, a good bunch of people that recommend movies to me. Some yeah. good kids. Yeah. yeah. You deserve it all. You're fantastic. Probably I love being here. You. Well then, everybody, we hope you all um, go to bed and do not wake up with Bill Pullman reading you poetry in your ear. Right. I hope I can only hope that happens to me. Find Mr. Right, find Mr. Wrong, whatever you do, just find somebody. Don't die alone. Don't. <laughs> whatever you do, don't let your younger siblings get married before you. Exactly. It's the worst thing that can happen to anybody. Seriously, you might as well just jump off a bridge. Yeah, if your younger Aww. sibling has already gotten married and you haven't, kill yourself. I'm not even. All kidding. right, well, right see you guys. Yeah, no. I'm sorry, Christine. It's too late for you. I'd like Later, to take it back. I know you true. set a date, but you should have set that date like two years ago. Like five years ago, no. Yeah. She's been married for a while. Yep. Nope. Well, it's not, it's good, nice knowing good you. Good knowing you. I mean, thanks, guys. Quite frankly, talking to you brings my real estate down. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I am going to die earlier because of your situation. Oh, God, I think we're getting into really gross, dark areas. I'm sorry I started this. I take everything back that I said. This is what happens when you watch Mr. Wrong. My God. It makes you go really dark. Okay, I really, I'm going to, I'm going to stop and go watch The Boy Who Could Fly and really hope that it still makes me believe dreams are true. Yes, and you will find love. Even if you are 50 and single, it will happen. There's somebody out there for you. Sure, Jason. Why don't yeah. you try saying that without your fingers crossed? I was trying to convince myself I'm yeah. so lonely. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, go eat another donut. Yep, I'm on my way. Ooh, now I want donuts. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Hello, 12. Hello, 13. Hello, Changes old down below up above. Time down to break out. It's a mess. It's a mess. Time to go.